Production. Recorded live. Well, welcome, guys, to the Thursday night's Triumph Over Targeting podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella. Tonight we have yet another special guest, Jeffrey Medor. Uh, a couple things I wanted to go over. Um, if you're new to the call, please stay on, and we will get you some additional support, some talk shoe podcast numbers, and some helpful links and websites. This is a solutions and educational-based podcast, but the views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views or opinions. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially a feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, or especially if you're in need of some additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at tiangel2016 at gmail.com. Again, that address is tiangel2016 at gmail.com. Okay, so I'm going to take this opportunity to introduce you to Jeffrey Medor. Um, I found out about him through uh, Dr. Matthew Aaron, and then Kate Ryan um, had spoken highly of him, and so we got in touch with one another, and I'm so glad that you could make it. Yeah, thank you, Ella. Okay, and I've seen your YouTube videos, of course, and, um, you know, I like I like what you talk about, and everything you say, say sounds fairly credible, and so I'm happy that you can come on here and give us a little bit of information. I guess um, if it's okay with you, and this is generally, generally where I like to start, kind of from the beginning, a little bit about, you know, your upbringing and what you used to do prior to targeting, what life was like then. Okay. I am uh, I live in East Lyme, Connecticut, which is in southeastern Connecticut, uh, and I'm 58 years old, and uh, I, I've been targeted, uh, I believe, for about 32 years. So it's been it's been a long time, uh, and it, it started it started when I moved into this area and went to work at a nuclear power plant. Um, so that's uh, that's a little bit about uh, my situation. Um, Let's see, my upbringing, uh, you know, I, I think I come from a conservative uh, family. Um, I was married. I, I was married, and uh, it, this, this uh, targeting situation destroyed destroyed my marriage, um, but at least certainly has, well, it, it certainly has disrupted it. I, I, I'm hoping that we might get back together when this gets resolved. Uh, but I have three children. Uh, and uh, that are that are grown. The last one's in college, um, and two grandchildren. Uh, wow. So, okay. So you have yeah. some children, and um, what did you do? Like, uh, what work were you interested in, or what did you do? Did you have goals, different goals back then, or how did you make a living? Yeah, my uh, I was working as as a uh, I was working in a training department. A nuclear power plant, the Millstone nuclear power plant, um, and my job was uh, was developing and implementing training uh, programs uh, in the field of electrical. So it encompassed uh, electrical equipment maintenance, and electrical theory, uh, electronics, and, and those types of things. So we're pretty much a, a, an electrical, electronic, uh, technical background. I see. Okay. And then, what were some of the, what are some of the indicators that you were targeted? And, and like, when did you find out about that word? Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious about how that all came to fruition. Um, I've I've been on uh, I, I've been on disability for 17 years, um, and I, I noticed 
I didn't I didn't know why I was so sick in uh, in a lot of these prior years. Just just a lot of difficulty, and I pursued different diagnoses like Lyme disease uh, uh, and, and such, looking for for answers. Um, and I, it was just everything was was just very very difficult. I struggled with um, sleep sleep issues, times uh, of of depression, anxiety, uh, chronic pain. Uh, I just I could never really get a handle on what was making me so sick. Um, and I, I ended up on disability, uh, and my health seemed to uh, to be deteriorating. And um, the, the way I found out that I was targeted, uh, one day I was, I was in my room in my house, and I was doing something, and all of a sudden I, I heard, I heard audibly, you know, someone saying, uh, you know, I wouldn't do it that way if I were you. I would do it this way. And and I was, I, what I was working on, I thought, well, that sounds like good advice. And I, I took it and I just, I continued. And when I got to a, a point where I took a break, I stopped and I said, who are you? And how am I hearing you? You know, and the, and the person said, they said, Jeff, you're not, you're not losing your mind. This is, this is technology. You know, there's there's nothing. You know, this is, this is technology, but they didn't tell me where they were, um, and and that but that was where it started. Um, and those people that were involved, just they demonstrated to me, <laughs> which was really strange. They demonstrated to me, to me what they could do, um, and and pretty much proved to me that most of my symptoms that I that I struggled with for a long time could all be duplicated by them, you know, at the push of a button. So I, I, that was really, uh, that was a really good break for me. And it, and from then on, it was kind of a, a process of discovering because they didn't tell me who they were or where they were. Um, just, just that they were doing this and, and they proved to me that they were doing this. Um, and I started working toward uh, applying myself to find out who they were, and at least where they were, and how they were doing it. Um, and and, I, and that's uh, I I started uh, you know being involved in radio radio communications and ham radio and such. Uh, I started scanning through the VHF spectrum, looking for signals uh, and signals that would follow me when I would leave, um, you know, in my vehicle. Just basically hunting down strange signals that I found. And then I, I started finding uh, certain, certain signals on certain frequencies that, that followed me around. And, and that, that helped me in gaining uh, some insight and, and ability to further locate where the equipment was that was stalking me. Um, so that, the, and, and so I do, the, the equipment that is pointed at me right now, I know exactly where it is. I know which home it's coming from. Um, it's just that uh, the authorities don't really want to do anything about it. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I know on one of your videos you talked about 
you know, you have some issues with the police department. Um, do you care to elaborate a little bit? Because I know you you called them for various issues. What happened the first time when you started reaching out trying to get help for what you're experiencing? Um, I went to uh, to the local police, uh, and I, you know, I told them what what was going on, what I was experiencing, and the officer that I met with, he he seemed uh, pretty decent, uh, and I, I voiced my concerns to him. Um, I brought them license plate numbers and such of of suspicious vehicles that that seemed to be tailing me. Um, and uh, then one day they uh, they showed up at my door uh, with no interest in helping me at all, and they 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 just took me off to uh, to the the local psychiatric hospital, um, claiming that I was suicidal, and, and that was. That w- that was not true at all, uh, but there was no talking to them or talking to the people at the hospital. They they locked me up uh, for 15 days, uh, and during that time, uh, they came into my house and they took all my legally uh, possessed firearms uh, and uh, on the, with a search warrant. Right. And once once they did once they did. <laughs> Once they did that, uh, they could keep them for up to, for up to a year. Um, when I got out a little later that year, they came on and accused me of possessing one after they had taken them, and that would be a Class D felony. And even though they did not find a firearm and no one saw me with one, uh, they arrested me anyways, uh, and they and uh, I ended up with criminal charges. Uh, and uh, on fifty thousand dollars bond, so it oh. was, it, yeah, yeah. yeah it, they, they, uh, they, the police have not have not been friendly at all in that regard. Right. Um, what type of support or uh, validity, or I don't know if that's the right word, validation have you gotten? Um. Well, let's see. It. it uh, these criminal charges, I, I you know, I started uh, I started going to court every uh, every month, um, and ultimately I felt like I had enough evidence to bring this issue of stalking to my lawyer, um, and and I did, and I showed him how police were very involved, and, and how I believe they they were involved with the whole process of of illegal surveillance um, and that was in uh, 2014 shortly after that the FBI got involved um, and the uh, police from from an, another town in the town of Groton uh, they let me know that uh, what was going on with me that uh, was it was indeed being done by General Dynamics Electric Boat. They were the they were the people uh, that were being investigated for stalking me, um, and uh, it it got off. It got kind of confusing after that. It seemed like the the FBI started out uh, in a position where they were supposed to be investigating, and that's was my understanding. Uh, 
and they worked into a mode of uh, looking to cover up the whole thing. Um, and so uh, uh, it wasn't it, where where my criminal charges looked like they were going to be dropped by the court. Once the FBI got involved, they got me evaluated for competency to stand trial. Um, and I came I came through with flying colors, uh, and the court accepted that. Well, that wasn't good enough for the FBI. They they wanted to get me evaluated again. And they did, and this time they made it come out uh, such that I was found not competent to stand trial, even though I really, it wasn't looking like I was going to have to because there was really no valid evidence against me. Um, but they had me evaluated and they got, they, they found me incompetent to stand trial. Um, and they had the court uh essentially sentenced me to 60 days at Connecticut Valley Hospital, um, which is, uh, it, it's, it's a prison facility for the criminally insane. So there's, there's violent, you know, there's a lot of violent offenders there. Um, and that was supposed to be for my restoration so I would, you know, become competent to stand trial. So I I did 60 days there. <laughs> um, when my 60 days were up, they 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 got me sent back for another 30 days. Uh, when my 30 days were up, they got me sent, you know, back there for another 15. Uh, and then ultimately, uh, they tried to get the court to civilly commit me, so I would have to stay there. Uh, but the uh, the judge overruled all of that, and I got I got freed. So I spent 110 days in 2015 in maximum security. And I want to tell you, you know, it was it was difficult. And and while I was in there, I was tortured. I, I was I was literally tortured because they, the FBI, went in there with this equipment, uh, with the with the stalking equipment from General Dynamics. Uh, and they they followed me the whole time, and they deprived me of sleep. They attacked my 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 genitals. They attacked my eyes. My you know any anywhere they they could attack me. They uh, you know they I think what they wanted to do was was discredit me any way they could. They wanted me to act out and get and for me to get a psychiatric record. But as it as it turned out, I I got out of there after 110 days. And I don't have any psychiatric diagnosis, but it was still it was still a tough ordeal. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, how did you protect yourself when you were in the system? It was tough because I was alone. Um, right. I was okay. alone, and, and I tried. Uh, you know, I had my mom outside. My mom is. I was about 80, early 80s at the time, but they uh, they had someone on my mom, so uh, she was acting completely out of um, her normal personality. Uh, they were attacking my family, my youngest son, uh. bad, badly, yeah, and they were attacking my wife badly. So it, I had really no support in there. 
Um, when you said you're attacking them, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Uh, uh, stalking them with the same electronics. With oh, the, with really? The, wow. Oh, but, yeah. you know, sometimes we'll refer to our family as being targeted as well, but it may not go that far. Yeah, this, this, they, you know, I mean, I, I mean, torturing them. Um, you know, my, my, my wife, my son, um, so much so that they, from, from all I, the best I can understand at this point, they, they, they tortured my wife and my son so much, uh, and, and threatened my son so much that, that they got her to divorce me as soon as I got out. Um. Yeah, and my my wife, she does not live with me. Well, you know, she's my ex-wife now, but I, you know, she doesn't live with me, uh, and, and she's very very afraid. Uh, and but she's she's let me know. You know, she's let me know that that she is certainly a victim. So it, it was it was a really difficult a really difficult ordeal being in there. Uh, and, and seeing and seeing what. What was happening on the outside? You know, it, it, I, I'm I'm not impressed with the FBI at all, from from all that I have experienced with them. Right. Yeah, I I had gone to them as well, and they did believe that something was going on, but they didn't really help me with anything. You know, at least it's um, you know, they have it on record, and I called not too long ago, and they said it's all still in there because I get worried about. With everything being on computers, that stuff will disappear, or reports and things like that. So I understand your frustration. Right. Yeah. It, it, the best I could tell, they really they're working for the defense contractor, and the, and at this point, they still are. They're working for the defense contractor, and they're looking to try to cover it all up and make it go away. And that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and so, go ahead. Oh, go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, when it started happening, and I know you were trying to keep yourself safe and trying to keep out of their um, their snags and their traps, um, you started at one point. You started making YouTube videos, or what did you? How did you hook up with people within the community? I'm just curious how that happened and how you did finally found a com- you know the community and get support and start doing YouTubes and maybe some activism. So I'd like to hear about that. I'm sure they would too. Yeah, okay. Um, when I was in Connecticut Valley Hospital, um, I ran into a woman there who I had known a little bit from the past, and I realized she was targeted also. And, you know, I saw her being attacked while she was there. Uh and and at one point she said, "Can I come home and stay? Can I come and stay with you?" Because she had nowhere to stay when she got out. And at, at first I said it would be better if you didn't. But I find, I gave in, and she came to stay with me. And she's the one that I, I I made one of these videos about called weaponizing a human. And I basically watched this whole process come come about where. The gang, the FBI and General Dynamics people and police, uh, working as a gang, they they changed. They, I watched them change their personalities. I saw this kind and decent and uh, compassionate human being 
turned into someone that was entirely motivated to to offend me. And the reason I started making videos was to to try to save her life. Um, I had her staying with me, and I saw what was happening. And I'm I'm kind of a private person, you know. I, um, I you know, and putting my face out there was not what I wanted to do, but. I needed to save her life, and I needed to start exposing what was happening to try to to try to get that done. Um, and that's what this one of the latest videos I did called "Enemies of the State: uh, Weaponizing a Human." They turned her so so unbelievably into a monster. I mean, this this woman she would pick up worms. In that are in, were in the pathway, so no one would step on them. That's how compassionate she was. And uh, she was doing so well. I mean, she was just, she was, she was just, it was incredible. And I was, I was so happy to see her doing well. And they, they started attacking her, and they, they, they turned that completely around. And ultimately, um, ultimately, uh, I attempted to, to go to the local police, the state police, and then the local police to get them to try to stop this because I was afraid for her. And the police grabbed me and they had me locked up for another 15 days uh, while she was here alone. And I was really afraid for her. Um, and when I got out, shortly after that, they they had the woman that was staying with me. Her name is Stephanie. Uh, they they had her uh, pretty much uh, confine herself to her room, uh, and I remember seeing them doing this do this to my wife. They would when my when my wife was living with me, they would punish her for seeing me. So I would see my wife kind of run away from me in the house and go in the, in the room and shut the door, and I saw Stephanie start doing that, uh, and. Then, then for 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 a while, that, that was in late 2015, uh, going into early 2016. I didn't see her for for quite a number of weeks, uh, and she would do things to to you know damage food and uh, uh, things that seemed you know th- that would just cost me money and and such. Throw throw food out and uh, just just do things that were just trying to annoy me or, or offend me. And I just let it all go because I knew it was not her own self. It was not her fault what was happening. And then one, one morning, I, uh, I was in my basement and I see water pouring out of the ceiling. And then I go upstairs and it's coming out of the living room ceiling. Uh, and I went down and I shut the water off. And I went and knocked on the door to a room. I said, I have to come in. I said, there's a leak somewhere. There's water. And she ran into the bathroom and hid. And I went in, in the room and, and I realized that she was flooding, you know, she was flooding the, the, the ceiling below intentionally. Uh, I, and as I walked out, I, I took a big butcher knife off of her desk. It, it was from the kitchen. I went down and I, I called the local police uh, and, and I said, 
I said to them, I have someone in my home that's presenting a danger to me, and I need, I need you to come out here to, to evaluate her, maybe take her to the hospital, uh, but I need your help. And they didn't show up. It was about a half hour went by. So I called them back, and I said, I, I called you earlier. And they said, oh, we can't justify coming to your home for that. And I, I couldn't believe it. I said, you have to get out here. Uh, I mean, the last thing I wanted to do was call the police, but I needed to do something to, uh, I needed to do something. I needed to separate us. And I thought just somehow getting her out of here, and it was winter, so if I got her in the hospital, at least I could figure out what to do from there, and at least she'd be warm and fed. Well, I, the police, I told them, you have to come out. You have to come out here. And they, they said, okay, we'll send somebody. So I went down into the basement, and all of a sudden, Stephanie is there. And she's angry because I had shut the water up. She wants it on. And right out of nowhere, a blade comes out, and it comes right to my throat. And uh, I, I jump back, you know, to get my bearings. <laughs> and, now, and now I'm in, you know, I'm engaged with someone with a knife, and it was, it was really tense. Um, and I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, this, this woman who was just so good and decent and kind, um, suddenly, suddenly she was just really, really, uh, really angry and very, and very mechanical. And we sparred around kind of in a circle and where she had, she had, uh, she was in the clear to leave the confrontation and walk away. The door was, was, was to her back, you know, and I gave her that space to walk away from this. Um, And she, she turned and she grabbed this heavy piece of copper wire off one of my benches and armed with that and the knife, she came right at me again, you know, and I've never seen anything like it. I mean, the look in her eye was that she knew she was supposed to kill me. Um, and, and, she, and she felt like she could. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, I mean, I had my fist up and, and ready for her, and I, I, and I was telling her, I said, I will, I will cold cock you. Do not, do not come at me. And, and I, obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't have struck her, but I couldn't, I, the only way I backed her down was I turned sideways for a kick, a straight out kick. And I was just going to kick her on the thigh and just shove her away from me to get a little distance, you know, to get the knife out of my face. And she saw my body language. She looked, she looked at my body up and down and she saw my body language. And I saw this look on her face where she suddenly realized she couldn't get the knife in my throat. And she just turned around and walked away. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it. And so the police, the police had just arrived. And I, read, I, you know, I went outside. I said, I said she, she went up the room. I said, she got a knife. She just threatened me with it. You know, and they said, oh, we're going to talk to her. And they, they went right in the house. They went up and talked to her. Uh, 
they found out she'd taken the trap off the drain and, and she'd flooded the ceiling. They fixed that. And, but they wouldn't do anything to her. I, I, they wouldn't even take her away. I said, at least take her to the hospital, do something. And they wouldn't. Um, and they, they wouldn't even take the knife away from her. I had a, a pair of pliers in my back pocket. I said, she has a knife. And they pointed to the pliers in my back pocket. And they said, and you got those. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't looking to defend myself uh, with a pair of pliers. I wasn't looking to defend myself at all. I wanted them to do something to make the situation safe. But they would not. They, and they, they left. And they left her in the house with armed with a knife and, and me along with her. Um, so I went to court the next day and, and got a restraining order. And that, that forced the police to have to, uh, to, have to act on it. Uh, and I did, I did get her out. Um, and, and then I was away the next night. And when I came back the next morning, I found she had smashed the window and broken back into the house. Uh, left the candle burning on all the notes she had written and all. It looked like, it, you know, it was supposed to burn the house down. Um, and the police ultimately, ultimately uh, got, got involved. Uh, and that evening, the police were at my door, the East Line police, and they had her in the driveway. There was police cars up and down the driveway and across the front. And they still didn't want to arrest her or anything. They said, we just want to get her away from here. Um, and I, I told them, I said, you know, she put a knife to my throat. And the officer said, oh, I know. I read, I read the, the write-up. Uh, but they still, they still didn't want to arrest her. But ultimately, they had to because she wouldn't cooperate. She was just being really belligerent. Um, and so she ultimately got put in custody um, and as soon as they got her in custody, I, I, you know, I was really upset over the whole thing because I did not want, I mean, I wanted to help the woman and it was really, it was really horribly painful to watch them tear her apart like that and, um, and, and do what they did to her. And now she was in jail. And so I took all, I took all of my notes. I had been making audio notes daily. Everything I saw them doing to her, I made notes. Uh, and as soon as soon as they arrested her, I made a copy of that and I sent it to the state's attorney who had her case and with, with a letter. And he knew about my case uh, with the FBI involved and me being, you know, having accused General Dynamics and all. He knew about the whole thing. So um, I sent him all my audio notes, and ultimately they dropped the charges, um, and she was released. So it was. It, it was, it was passionate of you um, to. It was for you to be able to understand and see what was really going on with her, and not to hold it against her. That was very kind of you. Yeah, it, it's well, it's you know, I really did want to help her. Yeah. Uh, and now, now I I saw in the news. Back in March, I saw where, you know, her picture in the 
in the paper and that she was missing and some of the comments. And I realized, you know, there's where, where she is now is still being done to her again. Right. Uh, yeah. And it, so it's just, it's, it's a shame, but at least, at least it's identified that's being done to her. And I've written, I've emailed her a little bit, to, you know, and, and I can tell she's not, she's not, she's not, still possessing her own mind. You know, and it's it's just really hard. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine so. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see where we can go. Um what about let's see. Um I'm trying to think of a good transition what we can talk about. Um maybe reaching out to the community, um, maybe some of your other experiences with other TIs and and what you've experienced and um, what you guys have done together. And uh, I'd like to hear the support stories. Okay. Like I know you met Kate and you got to meet Midge, so that's that's interesting to me. I'm glad you get to meet with other people. Yeah, I've, I've, I've uh, I guess uh, in all that's happened with me, I've, I've written a lot of letters, a lot of overnight letters. Um, to, to officials, and uh, I've tried to make a lot of noise that way. And uh, yes, I, I've, um, I think Kate was one of the first uh, first uh, people in the support community that I've met. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's she's really a terrific lady, a, you know, a big heart, and and is always trying to help people. You know. Yeah. I heard that from a lot of people. People are say the first person I met was Kate Ryan. She took me in. I stayed there, or whatever the story is. It's I've heard very nice things. So it's nice to hear this. You know, of course, I already thought the world of her, but you know, um, you know, there are really good people within this community, and I know most of, so many people just want to help other people. Being supportive is the one thing we can do. It's something within our uh, within our control because so many other things is just you know hit or miss when it comes to shielding and getting information out and all that other really difficult, difficult stuff. But, you know, uh, it's nice to know that there's so many supportive people within the community. Right. It's that, that, that's really, uh, been important, you know, and, and we have a pretty good group out here, a number of sets that get together and we've, you know, we've, we've had a number of, uh, um, of, of gatherings like that so far this year. A, a number of us went to Virginia um, back in back in June um, and, and stayed there for a week. And, you know, we've, we stayed recently up at Kate's house. We all camped in our yard. We pitched, pitched our tents and uh, things like that. And I think, you know, sometime this summer or into the fall, we're going to uh, have a camping trip, a bunch of us. So it, it, it has the... Uh, it's been nice to meet other targeted people because it, it can be a very, very lonely place, you know, and I think a lot of TIs would agree with that. You know, once once uh, you've been put through uh, the, the situations, whether it's with committals and police and maybe family or friends thinking that maybe you're, you know, maybe you're, you're crazy, you, you start realizing that you can't tell too many people about what's going on, you know, and yeah. that, that makes, that makes it a difficult 
that makes it a, a, a difficult walk. Um, getting getting tormented uh, from without, getting tormented from without, and and not having anyone to lean on, anyone to to talk about these experiences with, it it becomes a very very lonely place. And I at least you know I, I think I've come to the point where I've been so abused by the system. There doesn't seem to be much more they want to do to me, and, and I've. I've written letters and made videos and and, uh, and made a lot of noise. So it seems like the local police, they're not going to be bothering me much more. And the state police, they, you know, have threatened to do things to me. But uh, once you're involved with Washington and complaining about uh, police and FBI to Washington, and that's where I've taken it to the Department of Justice, uh, once you're at the level of Department of Justice, the, it seems like local authorities don't want to be abusing you so much there. They want to be behaving more, you know. So I guess that's one thing. I, I've caused, I've, I've been, you know, so outspoken, uh, and I've, I've certainly taken some abuse for it, but it's, um, there's not much more they can do, you know, and that, that, I guess that's kind of a pretty good place to be. I don't really... I don't have to worry about talking about it so much. Yeah. Um, okay, there, well, know, go ahead. One, one, other, one other thing I wanted to mention, and I think um, my, a second video I did recently along these lines, um, I entitled it uh, Enemies of the State 2, Insurance Fraud. Um, this is an Connecticut is an insurance capital. There's a lot of big insurance companies here, um, and the way I look at it is, I'm on disability, and my insurance company is paying for me to be on disability. I had a productive career, and I was making decent money, and I was put out of work by the defense industry, stalking me with electronic weapons and making me sick. And they're making me sick fraudulently. And, and so every day that I'm on disability, it's costing my insurance company more money. Uh, when I've been in the hospital or treated for chronic pain or, or unnecessary surgeries, etc., all those things cost more and more money. Um, and I have a friend staying with me who's targeted, you know, another person whose life I'm trying to save. And I've watched what they've done to him and how the hospitals seem to cooperate with those that are causing this, so those that are bringing about the targeting. Um, and so this, this second video I did, hoping to get the attention of insurance companies um, and maybe insurance departments that regulate them within states, I entitled it Insurance Fraud. And I, I, I made a case based upon my experiences uh, for why this this these uh, this targeting is defrauding insurance companies? They're 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 putting people on disability, which is costly. They're making them sick, which is costly, and they're they're causing them to die early. I've had I've had friends uh, die from being targeted, 
and and so their life insurance is paying off early. All these things are a burden to insurance companies. So that's that's that that second video, and I I I, I make a case with, with more detail for 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 what I'm talking about here. I, I'm hoping to get the attention of insurance companies, you know, and maybe maybe they'll take an interest and, and look at this situation that's going on in this country because it's not just me. I, I, you know, I try to let them know that I have a, I'm gaining more and more friends around the nation that are suffering as I am. And I believe they're experiencing what I am. I believe their experiences are real. And I believe it results in insurance fraud. And the defense industry is, is really, really to blame here. That's, that, that was a, a second video I did recently. You know, that really is interesting. You know, it still, as we know, it all comes back to money. And there's so many different areas that, you know, we have insurance issues, you know, land issues. I mean, it just goes on and on, things that you didn't even think about. And the longer, the more I talk to people, the more stories I hear, I just realize how it's in everything. Right, right. And it's it's hard to know all the angles. You know, um, I just... I look at, I, you know, I drive through Hartford and I see all these tall buildings, all insurance company buildings, and I realize there's there's a lot of uh, economic power there, you know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm I'd like to see that economic power take an interest at, at what's making a lot of us sick, because I do think it's I do think they 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 may be bearing quite a burden. You know, I mean, my insurance company wants wants me healthy, and they're willing to pay for physicals and dental checkups and things like that to keep the, their own costs down. You know, to be proactive. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, that maybe that insurance company muscle might might take an interest in uh, in in the situation of people being targeted and being made fraudulently ill. life insurance and you go into the ER and they want you to stay there for days because the hospitals make more money, you know. I know people, you know, there's people we know and, you know, myself included that just, you know, we end up there for days and I heard they're making so much money for us being there just for a few days. They don't want you leaving right away. And then, you know, it just goes on and on and on, you know. There's just money to be made at every every turn uh, with a target. So, that's kind of crazy. Really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I've, I've been in the hospital uh, myself, uh, and I've called, I, I've identified the people that were targeting me in the hospital. I've identified them to the doctor, um, and I found where the hospital did their best. Uh, well, they let them remain in the hospital and keep harassing me, and they did their best to cover it up. You know, to make me walk away with a diagnosis that that um, you know that would make me look crazy if I go and talk about that thing. So yeah, it it seems like these people, these people that that do the targeting, they are welcomed in the hospital, and I can understand that they make the hospital a lot of money, but it it is fraudulent. It is fraudulent. So I I I hope 
I'm hoping uh, to get a little more uh, recognition. Now, what's interesting is when when I started getting this 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 these thoughts about getting insurance, the insurance companies to take a look at at what's happening with people being targeted and calling it fraud. I was at my mother's house and it was a Saturday evening and I had my laptop out and I started typing a letter to the insurance commissioner. The people stalking me got awfully upset there and all of a sudden me and my mother are yelling at each other right out of the blue. I mean, and and we're both standing there wondering what has just happened. And she's looking scared and I'm upset. And I said to my mother, I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm going to take my things. I'm going to get out. And she said, well, if, you know, if you feel you need to, you know. And I said, yes, I'm going. I'm going. And I grabbed my things and I put them in my truck and I started driving home. Uh, and suddenly I became so impaired. The lines in the, in the road, you have the line in the middle of the road and the line on the right. They crossed right in front of me, and I'm trying to drive uh, and, and trying to keep my vehicle in the road, and, and the lines were, were crossed right in front of me, and people were blowing their horns at me, and I, I pulled over, and they, they, they were going by blowing their horns as if I were drunk or something. And I, I had a real difficult time. I'm, I'm not sure how I got home without being in an accident. And I, I went into my room and I laid down in the bed and I got knocked out. And that was a Saturday evening. I wasn't really up and around again until Monday. They knocked me out right through the weekend. So I realized that calling it insurance fraud really hit a sensitive area for them. And that's what, that was back in April and it wasn't until just recently I did the video. So it took, it, it, it took me a while, you know, and um, I kept I kept getting a lot of resistance at, at the whole thought of doing that. But I finally I got it I got it done, and uh, so I, I think it I, I think it really irritated those that are, are stalking me. And so I, I I believe I hit a sensitive area. Sorry, you there. Yes, I'm still here. Okay, great. Okay, well, um, let me see. Um, I guess I wanted to ask you, and then we'll go to the questions and answers portion of this. Um, I like this question. Um, what have you gained? For, you know, we all know that you know so much gets taken from us. In your case, a lot has been taken from you, and you've been through quite a bit. Um, what have you gained, whether it be a certain characteristic or whatever the case may be, have you gained from becoming a target? Um, let me think. You know, as, I, as I've uh, gone through this whole thing, um, I, I, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a Christian, um, and I have been for many years. And uh, I've seen I've seen the hand of God in all of this, and and I've found that my faith my faith has really been really been important, and I think um, I think that that's grown in a really big way. Uh, and I I think I've I think I've 
I've learned a lot of patience. Okay. I think I, I think I've learned a lot of patience. I I'd like to see who I am when this stops. You know, um, but I have. I guess the the biggest thing is, as I I just I've just seen um, kind of like this this supernatural hand of God leading me through all of this and bringing me into relationship with different people, you know, like like Kate, like Kate Ryan and 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 uh, Dave from Maine and Peter over in Rhode Island, just different folks, Brenda from Massachusetts. I mean, just really, uh, and I, there's there's plenty of others. I um, really good quality people, and we sit we sit down as a group, you know. And I remember over, you know, I, I, talking, you know, to Peter in Rhode Island. We're we're sitting there talking, and he says he says what's what's you know what, what's with it, all this? He says, look at the people. That, that that they do this to. They're all really good people, you know. And that and that is the truth. I've met some really, some really good people, and I, um, people that even though they're getting beat up bad, yeah, they haven't they haven't let it turn them into nasty ornery people. If anything, they're just the opposite. They're kind and compassionate, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I I really do I really do see the see the the hand of God that has just has led me the whole way. Yeah, they say like uh, compassion sometimes comes from suffering or the ability to empathize with people. And Lord knows we've suffered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it can turn people the other way. You know, it can make people very angry and very um, um, sociopathic too. So it just depends on you know our nature. I think. Um, okay. Well, thank you. That was really poignant. I appreciate that. I appreciate those answers. Um, Okay, at this point, guys, just start eight, and I will come to you. And you will hear, whenever I click on your um, state, you will hear that you're being unmuted. And at that point, you can ask the question. So I wanted to specify because people are a little confused how the story works. So if you don't hear the recording, uh, the prompt, then you're not unmuted yet. Hi, Matthew. You're at the very top, so I'm starting with you. You may not be ready. Hello? Hi. Hi, Ella. Hi, Jeffrey. This is Matthew Aaron. Um, thanks for uh, coming on the call and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think I've uh, watched all of your videos on YouTube, and um, I had a question. Actually, your videos were really inspiring to me because before I made contact with the TI community, there were some elements of your story that were uh, shockingly similar to elements of my targeting. Um, and one, one that wasn't similar, but that I'm really curious about is in one of your videos, you said that you used um, your own ham radio equipment, I, I believe, to disrupt their equipment. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yep. I've done a, I've done a lot with that. Um, I haven't pursued it, you know, lately as much. I, in the beginning, I started scanning the, the spectrum and looking for various signals that were following me, um, and then I I sought to disrupt them. Um, and I can 
I, I can do things like disturb their video so they uh, their equipment they could see through my eyes, um, and that's one of the things that I've, I've been able to do most successfully is is uh, disturb it so they can't see through my eyes. Um, and I, if it's close to me, I can shut it down. And I've done I, I've done that, um, and I've had equipment in my vehicle so that. Uh, if I drive, like, if I drive by the house where, where it's emanating from and I get close to their equipment, it will start shutting theirs down. So it's kind of indicative that, that I, you know, that I'm, I'm pretty close to where they are. Uh, so that, yeah, I've I both disturbed as well as found ways of tracking them down. Um, okay, so two, uh, two questions, um, two more specific questions. One is, were you able to, disrupt or shut down their pain-inducing directed energy assaults or, their, or the ones that disrupt your, your heart, for example? Were you able to defend yourself from those by sending defensive signals towards them? I, I have at times. So for, for a while, in uh, I think it was through 2013, I was able to keep the heart disruption down. Um, and it it was all kind of a trial and error, um, but finding specific frequencies that disturb their equipment. So I was basically attacking what you would call the RF susceptibilities of their equipment, where it's, it was susceptible um, to another signal disturbing it. Um, and, right, right. And I've even been able to shut it down. But what what would happen is I would make a move, and cause them great disturbance, and then they would make a move uh, to reorient, you know, or relocate. Uh, and I got to the point where I was transmitting here from my home uh, over 850 watts in the VHX, VHS spectrum to an 11-element beam. Um, and they, they, they just, they were just, you know, they... I, I could knock them right out with that, but then they just moved. They got another location, uh, or they would set up so that they had someone up the street and someone in the other direction where my antenna is only pointing in one direction. So it was just kind of this cat and mouse thing. It would be a temporary temporary relief, uh, and they would work to get around me. And it just it was. I finally I I finally backed away from pursuing that. You know, and trying to pursue this whole thing politically. Well, I think we can all appreciate that um, dealing with targeting is very much a cat and mouse game. And, uh, for example, if you ever did have law enforcement on your side, as soon as law enforcement came around, if they were really interested in looking at this, the people doing this would just shut their equipment down uh, while, while the law enforcement was there. But um, so it's, it sounds like the the signals you were sending were somehow coupling with their equipment. I, I was curious as to whether you might be disrupting their the signals that they were sending to lock onto you, but it sounds like you were just basically uh, coupling with their equipment and disrupting it that way. Yeah, I, yeah, basically overpowering their equipment um, from from you know spending an awful lot of time engaging the different people. Uh, that have done this too many. There's been a lot of them, and some of them, um, they'll just sit and talk about 
that that equipment. They may not know a lot about it, but they'll describe it to me. And 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 I'd be making adjustments and transmitting, and, and sometimes they would just tell me what effect it was having on their end. You know, um, and so um, in in doing a lot of that. Um, I was able to find ways of, of disturbing it. And I guess what I've been most effective is really just disturbing the video. And I, I can do that even right now. And I, I tend to do I tend to do a lot of that. But like I say, it's, oh. it's, it's been a cat and a mouse kind of thing, you know. Which one are you, the cat or the mouse? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, one, one quick follow-up question. Um, is I'm not that familiar with ham radio equipment, but I always in, envision like a single um, antenna that's broadcasting in all directions. Are, does your equipment have the ability to direct signals in a directed fashion or in like a cone? You might have said that already. Uh, I, I've done both. I, omnidirectional is great because that way if they move, you're still hitting, hitting them. Uh, but when you take a signal and make it directional, you you end up uh, you get what you call a gain antenna. So it's uh, you end up with a much stronger signal in the direction that you're 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 focusing it on. And so, like right, I have an 11 element uh, beam in the VHF of VHF spectrum right now. It's up on a radio tower, and I'm still using that to disturb. Uh, video and such, and there were times when I was feeding that with an 850 watt uh, amplifier, uh, and so the the end result, what's coming off the end of that antenna, is over 10 kilowatt effective radiated power. You know and that that's a, that's a pretty stout signal, but it's only in one direction, and that 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 was the problem. They, they would they would then set up in the other direction on the street and be able to hit me from both directions, you know, and it, it just got where I was just going to be buying more and more equipment. And then I thought, you know, if I do shut them down, I haven't helped anyone else. Um, you know, I just shut them down for myself and I haven't even identified them. Uh, so I, right. I just, yeah, tracking them and, and, and writing letters and making videos, it just seemed like I, maybe I'm doing more, Toward, uh, toward exposing them and maybe helping other people at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I applaud you for taking proactive steps to try to counteract them technologically. And I don't mean the, the last comment that I have, I don't mean as a dig at all. But the one thing that it, it made me think about, which I think is inevitable, is that if law enforcement and government institutions don't help us eventually that there will just be an arms race that happens naturally. And then, of course, that will force, um, that might even force action because uh, it, it'll go from, it's already ridiculous and criminal, but if, um, if an arms race ensues where, where TIs start fighting back, um, it, it, could, it could really get uh, ugly. But um, any, anyway, we're far from that, and I, and I really applaud you for uh, taking proactive steps to... Um, to counteract them both um, technologically and through through reaching out and doing activism. So um, anyway, um, thanks thanks again, Jeffrey. It's really great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Likewise.
Okay, thanks for your questions. Thank you, Matthew. Okay, I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay, now I'm going to come down to Northeast New York. You're the second one in line. Hi, New York. Um, hi, I just wanted to say hello to Jeffrey. Um, this is Ellen from uh, New York. Hi. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Hey, great talking to you. Or great listening and listening to your story. And I have um, looked at three of your videos on YouTube. And um, you've done a, a great job there um, compiling information and explaining your story, I think. And um, thank you for that. Yeah, and thank you. You're welcome. And I have something. I'm, I'm, we're just finishing dinner here, and I had a second thing in mind, and I thought I should write it down, and I didn't. Um, so I probably should just let this, um, you know, just conclude it here. But, um, great job. Oh, oh, um, oh, yes, second comment. Um, there is an organization called the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom. And I think that is a good organization to take a look at. I don't, I, um... I know that they have, um, they discuss um, um, initiatives against um, the, um, against uh, nuclear and atomic weapons and just um, weapons that are used internationally. And um, again, that's WILTF.org. And, um, I I hope that these these weapons will simply be um, banned, you know, and um, so forth. And um, again, really good job, Jeff, and keep up the good work, Jeffy. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. Now I'm going to go down to North Florida. Ella, can I say one thing? Sure, of course you can. Okay. Um, I just want to say, Ellen, good for you. You're getting braver. It was really good to hear what you just said. I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to congratulate Ellen for coming a long way. Okay, yeah, that's all I need still. to say. Yeah, good yeah thank you, Linda. Mm-hmm. In North Florida, you're unmuted. Do you have a question for Jeffrey? Hi, Ella. Are you talking to me? Yes. Oh, okay, wasn't sure. Um, yes, I do have a question for Jeffrey. Um, so the uh, insurance angle really, really interests me um, because I think that you're you're on target with that. Um, but also, I'm wondering um, in your, you know, in your um, investigating that angle of it, have you considered? who's behind some of these insurance companies um, because I had a similar incident where I was hospitalized for almost a week um, with what was supposed to be uh, a cardiac uh, issue. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 
testing this and testing that, and a, a very unusual incident happened when I first got in the hospital. But at the end of whatever it was, five or six days, um, everything was fine. You know, no problems with your arteries, no problems with the heart, blah, 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 blah. So why am I in the hospital for five or six days? And why did it take you five or six days to diagnose that? So I'm just wondering if you have any information on, you know, who sits behind these insurance companies. I mean, I, I definitely intend on doing some digging to that in about that. But, yes, there's, they're making money off of it, um, no doubt about that. But it's always who's behind it, you know, who's behind these companies. Um, so I'm just wondering if you might have anything to say about that or any information about that. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it seems to me like the hospitals that were really making out um, and the insurance companies are bearing the burden. Um, and that's, that's uh, I guess that, that's, you know, the, the, the angle that I'm trying to push. I mean, I, my, if, you know, I think about it. My insurance company wants me to be healthy. They want my property to be safe. And they want me to live for a long time, <laughs> and those, uh, you know, we, I, I can live with that. Um, and it, when when a hospital has me in, in, hospitalized for a week, you know, like you mentioned, and at the end of it, you wonder why were you even there? And I just, you know, with my friend who's staying with me, I just experienced that with him, and they they want, you know. He's targeted, and the targeters made him have symptoms of a stroke. And I saw in the hospital where the equipment, where it was disrupted, what was being done to him, and he popped right back to normal, and he was just fine. And then it it got reestablished, and he was back to being symptomatic again. And he ended up being there for a week. And I I documented everything. And uh, so it was a similar experience, like you say, a week in the hospital, but it wasn't necessary, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the s- symptoms being brought on artificially, I, I got to believe the insurance companies don't care for that. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping to see them getting, get, maybe get, get interested in, in, in maybe uh, want to investigate what might be going on here. Cause they, I think it might be costing them a lot of money, a lot of money in the, in the long run. I, I think you're definitely right about that. Um, um, but also just remember in some instances that um, one may need to get like a pre-authorization from their insurance companies for certain procedures and things of that nature. So, you know, uh, I'm always just <laughs> very, very, very suspicious of you know, whatever they're up to um, and whoever's behind it. Um, and, I, I'm, I, you know, that's something that um, in some cases has, has served me and I'm sure other TIs well. So thank you for that uh, 
that interesting um, uh, information about that. And uh, thanks, Ella, for having him on the call. No problem. Thank you. It's always good to thank hear you. your voice. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'm going to come to Arizona. You're next. Hi, Arizona. Hi, yes. Oops. I had my earphones on. Sorry. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Yaya. Hi. Hey, Jeff. I just want to tell you that, you know, when I was at Kate's house and I met you and Kate, oh, my gosh, that was such a blessing that I have never forgotten. That was early on in my time yeah. and I knew nothing, and you and Kate both taught me so much, and that time we spent together is forever imprinted on me. So I just want to thank you so much for a lot. You have no idea. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed it myself. But, yeah, you know, it was yeah, so we'll have to do it again sometime. You know, Definitely. you two were the first targets I had ever met. And, uh, you know, there I was in Connecticut. I'm from Arizona. I was a duck out of water and had just learned that I'd been implanted because I'd just been scanned. And, you know, I was kind of in la-la land and in disbelief. And you and Kate were so kind. And our hike in the woods was so wonderful. <coughs> So, you know, uh, we just need to do that again sometime. And so thank you so much for telling your story. Uh, you have been through so much, and uh, you have remained uh, such a kind soul. And I yeah. think it's remarkable. Maybe this fall at the conference. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Go to the conference. Yeah. So, anyhow, yeah. keep the good work, okay? And let's keep in touch. Yeah, thank you. We'll do it again sometime. You bet. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Thank you, Yaya. And now I'm going to come down to Maine. You're next. Hi. Hi, Maine. Hi, uh, this, this is Dave Burby uh, from Maine. Uh, hi, Ella. Uh, hi. hi, Jeff. Nice to see you. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jeff. Uh, I, I know you talked about your your targeting where you you – you said it was coming from a defense contractor, and you mentioned uh, General Dynamics. Uh, I just want to share just just a couple minutes, just a couple minutes of my story. Uh, I, I was an electrician for over twenty, uh, almost twenty-eight years at Bath Ironworks, which which is a defense contractor, and which is owned by General Dynamics. And and I was run out of there over a year ago with electronic harassment and uh, di- direct energy weapons. And I I've been on these now 24/7 for for over a year. I mean they they torture me every day. And it, especially when I'm by myself, I I live alone most of the time. And 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 they make it really difficult for me to function, and they're making it really hard for, for me to uh, concentrate. And Jeff, I want to say that you 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 did a really good job with those videos. I I really like those uh, videos. And and I'm I'm hoping sometimes in the future that. That I can make a a, a couple videos, so 
so so I can tell my story about what what happened in that shipyard. And uh, a couple of uh, activists want me to write my uh, story out on on paper, and they want me to to to, to uh, email it to them. But I've been having a hard time just to do that because of the way that they're targeting me, that they're targeting me up around my uh, temples, and they're making it very hard for me to concentrate so I can write write this down on a paper. But I'm going to start working on it. And uh, I just want to say uh, thanks for sharing, Jeff, and uh, thanks for calling on, on the OA. Yeah, yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you, Dave. Thank you, David. Yeah, right. Dave's a good a good man. I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed meeting Dave, and uh, he's part of our group, and we we spend time together. He certainly. Uh, Certainly is a credible targeted person. So I, yeah. Dave, I, I, I wish you well, and I, I appreciate your friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a very nice person. I like him as well. Okay, Northwest Indiana, you're next. I'm just going down the row because the numbers seem to jump around a lot, so it's hard to tell if the order is even correct. I'm just going to go down the row. Oh, hi, Ella. It's Lauren. How are you? Oh, I'm good, Lauren. How are you? I'm hanging in there one day at a time, one day at a time. I have an announcement by someone in our targeted community that I'll mention after the call. Now, uh, your speaker tonight and the uh, woman who actually spoke afterwards, uh, just uh, um, a tip. Number one, I enjoyed the presentation tonight, and I can understand a lot of things that happened to him happened to me. But if you're any of you are wondering, especially the speaker tonight and the young woman that spoke about hospital procedures and staying up there for a week and stuff, get that experimentation out of your mind. The name of the game is uh, trafficking medical benefit. They get a lot of money uh, keeping us sick, and a lot of these hospitals know exactly what's going on. The end of the game is money. All roads lead to money. They're trafficking us like crazy. So that's what it is. It's, it's you know, a horrible medical scams. And I... I I personally think the insurance companies kind of know about it. Yes, they know about it. It's organized crime. That's how the game continues. Everyone has to, the key players know about it for this to continue. Or it would have been flagged a long time ago. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate those comments. I, I agree. Thank Very you, much. Lauren, for staying in the know and having your podcast. I really appreciate you. Thank you. <clears throat> And if you guys receive my announcements, um, I have um, all, I try to stay really up to date. I don't know if I changed or corrected or time. I think I did. On the announcements I sent, if you scroll down, I have everybody's, uh, everybody on there. But the Wednesday girl, I need to get her information. So um, the one that's taking over for Sumaya. So I will work on getting that. Okay, Minnesota. Hi, Minnesota. Hi. Hey, I just have a question about your um, eyes. Like, I was put in the hospital, and I think they do a lot of um, implanting in the hospital. 
and I agree with Lauren. They are they are very much involved in money making on us. And I'm just wondering how you say you shut it off, and what how exactly do you know that they can see through your eyes? Okay. Um, well, I, I knew they could see through my eyes, uh, you know, because they describe things that I'm seeing very, very clearly. And it's it's it's, it's really uh, it's really disturbing to have someone do that. I mean, it, it really takes uh, from my privacy. Um, do you think they did this when you got in the hospital, like implanted you, or how do you think they're doing that? Oh, okay. The uh, their equipment uh, takes and interprets the brain waves. That's that's my understanding. It inter- it takes the brain waves and it interprets them uh, into uh, visual, so they can see they can see the visual information. They can hear what I'm hearing. They can hear what I'm saying, um, and they can hear subconscious thoughts. So anyone, anyone okay. who, yeah, so they can they can they're they're getting it from a distance. They're they're just interpreting uh, the the very brain waves that you might you know you might see recorded on an EEG or something like that. This is just the, you know, process. Okay, do you really. have, like, do you have, like, if you go in a dark room and you kind of push on your eyes, do you have, like, flashlight light coming out of your eyes? Um, Not that I know of, although I do see flashes from time to time. They fire something at my eyes, and it, and it, uh, it you know, it can be painful. It can be very painful, and it actually cuts right into the eyeball. Um, and and that yeah. will that will generate a flash sometimes when it hits. Okay. But so you don't think they they and that they have to implant you that they can just do it through brain mapping? I yeah I I from from all that I've seen with the equipment that's being used, they can do so much remotely by interpreting the brain waves, and and then sending out. Uh, synthetic synthetic brainwave information that 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 overpowers the nerves in the body and create and disrupting all kinds of things. Um, they can do so much remotely like that. I if if I were to think about it, you know, if I if I were to if I were involved in this field, I'd say why go through the trouble of implanting someone, you know, and having to make contact when you could do so much remotely, you know, and if you were to put an implant in someone and then it became obsolete, which electronics these days becomes obsolete quickly, you know, then you'd have to re- replace it where, uh, you know, remotely this this equipment is just, you know, it, it's so capable. You right. Know, and, and do you do you think that when you were driving in your car that one time and then you said you didn't wake up till Monday, do you think you were drugged? No, no, they, uh, they, I got into my car and they, they hit me with so much vertigo. I've had them do it. I've had them do that before. It makes me feel like I'm drunk. Um, uh, you know, stumble down and stumble and fall and hurt myself, cut my face. And I, I wasn't drunk. Um, those, those types of things, they can cause extreme intoxication. They can cause my system to be so jittery and, and 
filled with anxiety, and at the same time, they can knock me right out cold and keep me there. I mean, it's really powerful. Wow. Yeah. It's very, very powerful. And they, they can wow. just, when I work out, I, I try to work out every day. I try not to give up on keeping, trying to keep my myself in shape, and they attack my heart. Every time I start getting my heart rate up, they I they attack my heart, and then I'm all out of breath. You know, and, and I have to wait until I stop before I can continue. Yeah. It's, well, it's really sorry. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's very disturbing, and it's the, the equipment is very, very powerful. I mean, I think if they wanted, if they wanted right now, they could kill me dead. I, I do believe. It seems like they want to make me expensive more than kill me. You know, and that's why. Yeah, I, that's what I. That's what I've heard because people said, "Well, why don't they just kill us?" And but they said, "There's no money if we're dead." <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, there's money ultimately. You know, well, yeah, you're right. There's no money, and it seems like they want to make me expensive. And the one who bears that burden is the insurance company, and ultimately they'll want to kill me. You know, and 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 the life insurance will pay off. You know, but the, the you know, I, I, I do believe that the hospitals are very much on board with what's happening here. They know they've proven it to me that it they know it's happening and they're they're pleased. They're making a lot of money. Oh yeah. I've had my share of experiences with the hospital. I was very healthy. Never really went to the doctor maybe once a year or once every three years. Rarely went to the doctor. And then they put me in the hospital and uh, just been a complete nightmare since then, just fighting for my health. So, yeah, it's very disturbing how they can just, and they know how methodical it is that they can just take somebody's health from them, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I look at this morning. I worked out. And, you know, and I came upstairs and they, I ended up laying on my bed feeling so, um, well, like I, it, it was just an effort to lift my arm off the bed. You know, I just, I just could barely move. They really, I mean, they knocked yeah. me down a good part of the day. You know, they, yeah, uh, it's, it's real powerful. They, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Minnesota, I'm going to put you back on hold. Right below Minnesota is New York. I'm going to go ahead and let you on. Hi, New York. New York. Okay, I'm here. Okay, great. Okay. Um, I missed the beginning of the call, maybe the first 20 minutes. So um, my question for Jeffrey is, how did he know that General Dynamics was targeting him? Uh, Let me see. Well, ultimately, uh, ultimately the police told me, and Groton, after the FBI got involved, um, I was doing a little radio surveillance because I realized that the FBI were, were being a problem and, and really taking up with the enemy. And I was doing some radio surveillance, and the, they got to the police in, uh, in Groton Town jurisdiction. 
to come and hassle me. And they, they, had, they handcuffed me by, by the side of the road for no reason, hassled me up and down. So I went and complained to the, to the manager of that town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the chief of police got back to me. And he said, yeah, it's general dynamics. Uh, and oh. Yeah. He said it's general so dynamics. So how was he able to trace it to them? Well, I told, well, he, they were kind of in a bad position because they, they were abusive toward me and I had complained. So I told him the FBI were involved in this whole thing and he went and looked into it and he got back to me. And he told me that there's an ongoing investigation. Uh, it is General Dynamics doing something in the area. And he said, when this is over, you're going to be involved in civil and criminal matters, and it's going to be very difficult for you. you know. So if it's hard now, you need to get some help. I mean, that's what, that's what they told me. But that was, that was in 2014. So, uh, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, that was Do you know that they got the awards? They were um, awarded from the Air Force for the um, Directed Energy Bioeffects Research Program. Do you know anything about that? I'm not familiar with that, no. Oh, you'll love it. (laughs) This is incredible. Um, Yeah. Their objective is to develop an understanding of the bioeffects associated with exposing humans to counterpersonal non-lethal weapons. It's essential for legal treat policy and material development purposes. And it's for the Air Force to see how, this, how these uh, bioeffects are going to affect us. And Helping Human Services is, knows all about it. I mean, they're sponsoring this. Um, yeah, you really should look into this. It's called, let's see, Human Effectiveness Analysis and Integration Task Order. There are quite a few of them, but it's task order zero, 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 four. Uh, like I said, I didn't hear how you were targeted, but this uh, research includes taxology, um, where they use uh, riot control agents, industrial byproducts, blunt trauma, dermal penetration, and non-penetrating insult to soft tissue, organs, and skeleton, um, auditory, ocular, visual, uh, including sensory degradation and and physiological damage, effects on attention. I heard you say this because that's how I'm targeted. Um, Effects on attention, intent, and complete behavior, such as decision-making and communication. Then there's bioelectrics, including modeling current flow through the body, bioeffects on organs, central nervous system, vascular and neuromuscular and endocrine functioning. And then there's in uh, multiple effects, you know, where they use them in, you know, they'll use one and two or three and five, um, modeling uh, physiological effects as a result of multiple applications of the same non-lethal weapons or applications of multiple lethal weapons. And this all came about, they were awarded this in 2013. Wow. Yeah, it was a $49 million contract. Wow, okay. I'll have to to look into that more. That's interesting. 
yeah, it's very, it's extremely interesting, <laughs> especially that most of us complain of <laughs> all these symptoms. And hey, <laughs> uh, this is, oh, this contract is for seven years. Um, wow. This is what it says. Yeah, you can look on the, like, um, FedBiz, I believe, FedBiz, okay? Uh, um, Air Force, FedBiz. And it says, uh, seven-year contract for directed energy bio behavioral research awarded in 2013, which studies the human effects of directed energy weapons on non-consenting human subjects. Wow. Yep. So, yeah. kind of lucked out that that, you know, that that police department knew about it. Now you have something else. <laughs> so, yeah. <I> guess. <laughs> these these are very dangerous and powerful weapons. You know, you mentioned endocrine disruptions and things like that. And I've had them attack my genitals uh, and and cause disruption. So I started getting a breast development at one point. You know, and I went and had it. I, I went and had to have an X-ray and all that. I know what was going on. Uh, and they backed it down, and it went away. You know, it took some time, but it went away. Really strange. I mean, they can they can cause so much disruption in the body. It's not funny. Oh, yeah, I know. I see the outside is mine, so I wonder what the inside looks like. If the outside looks this bad, you know. Um, yeah, but this is all. You know, we're being we're being evaluated by um, health and human services. By Fedwide Assurance, all of it. I mean, this isn't a random. They're watching us very closely. Yeah, I remember telling when I talked to my lawyer about this back in 2014. Uh, I said to him, "How do I get this to stop? I this has to stop." And he said, "You're going to have to move." I said, "Where?" He said, "You got to move away from these companies. There's no other way. You got to move." And that was really disturbing to me that I could be pushed off my property, you know, in order to try to find some peace. I got to move away from a company who, who somehow, you know, is getting away with doing this to me. It's outrageous. Well, if you are a subject of this, um, of this bio effect, there's no way you're going to move. There's nowhere. I mean, they're right. going to complete it. It has a beginning and hopefully has an end, but they will complete it. You're not getting away. Right. Look into this. It's very interesting. Yeah. I, I will. think it's the I, best. I think it's the best document that we have. Yeah, I will look into it. Thank you. You're welcome. And best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you, New York. Welcome. Okay, now I'm going to come down to Connecticut. Hi, Jeff. It's Con. Hi, hi, Jeff. It's Connie. Hi, Connie. Hi. Hopefully, we can meet up someday. We only live like five miles apart, and it's hard for me to go to Kate's gatherings because I'm still trying to work, even though they're zapping me out of the computer and they monitor me with the computer and everything. I still try to make a living and right. and help the TIs. Um, it's one thing that I can do for the TI community. You know, I still send packages every now and then. But um, um, 
I, I think you should tell the story that you told me about when you uh, think you tried like going up in the woods at your friend's property up by Foxwoods or Ledger and the BB gun shootout for two days. Um, the other thing is you drove back past my house several times and you said you detected a signal coming from a house diagonally. And when I had a CC308, I was shining it around my yard. And when I went in that direction, I could see two distinct round circles in his back bedroom window and his front room window pointing at my house. But if you help me, and that guy gets a lot of UPS packages, and he has has had a lot of um, visitors from, like, up the upstate New York area because they have, like, the orangey-yellow plate. Um, and I have suspected him being involved in my targeting, not only me, but my other neighbors. I think he's, he's a loner, and I think he, he's up to no good. But if you can help me prove that the signal is coming from his house, I would be glad to hire you to do it. And um, because, you know, you're so knowledgeable with your ham radio equipment and everything. And, um, I mean, I know I, I am chipped. I know I have seven satellite frequencies being directed at me. And right now I'm being hit with um, biological and chemical weapons like biofilm. Um, and... Um, but, and the other thing is, you, you said the insurance company is one maybe avenue to go down. And if you look at the big, big picture, who runs most of these insurance companies? The elite. So, you know, the insurance company is paying, but who's ultimately paying is, um, and is the person being insured, especially if, you know, people through their insurance premiums are going up and, and everything like that. So it's really a vicious circle. But one way to look at it is if you go up the insur use the insurance the commissioner, insurance commissioner for the state of Connecticut, and then you keep on going up the chain, you know, and I'm sure there's somebody in Washington, D.C. that over oversees, you know, insurance companies, whether that's the Office of Inspector General or whoever. But... Um, uh, I think there's power in numbers. I think the TI community should should go that route um, because they are, you know, um, harming people with these weapons, and um, and it's costing it's costing the insurance companies, but ultimately it's costing also the people who are trying are are paying for the insurance. And the bigger picture is. There's a video on YouTube, and he, he was friends with one of the elite who passed. And before his elite friend passed, he said, we have to, there, there are more things that need to be done before they bring in the New World Order. They have to try to get people as sick as, as possible and as, as deeply in debt. Those were only two things. The guy mentioned three or four. But he mentioned what his elite friend shared with him. So they are trying to get people sick, unemployed, in debt um, to bring in the new world order. So you look at the big, big picture, but I still think, you know, trying with this insurance stuff it, it, to expose and wake up the masses, I think, I think it's a good idea because, you know, the average person doesn't realize what's really going on. Um, I think the other thing is for the other callers, and I don't, I know some specifics about your situation, but Elvira was just in the hospital, and my best TI friend, Tanya, in California helped get her out. 
And because she, Elvira didn't sign anything, she refused to sign anything. And when they tried to, for, when they forced medicated her, she said no. And if you give it to me, it's against my consent. She should have went one step further and said, by keeping me here, you're harming me. By force medicating me, you're harming me. And I will take legal action. Um, she can, still can do it um, because in the state of Florida, they can't keep a person more than 72 hours unless the person has charges, a guardian, a conservator, or, or signs documents. So if you don't have a guardian, a conservator, don't sign documents, and you don't have charges against you, they can't keep you more than 72 hours. And when they do keep you more than 72 hours, they're billing your insurance company or Medicaid. Well, that's fraud, and that's what Tanya told them. And then she started reporting them to the IRS and everybody else, you know. And, um, and they released Elvira the next morning because they realized, well, she was there, say, 10 days, and they, they shouldn't bill more than three days because she refused to find anything. So that's really important for the TI community to know, that know the laws in your state. And um, I know Elvira was trying to send out Tanya's letter and get it posted, um, and I sent it to Kate. Because um, not only did she send a letter, but she backed it up with codes and statutes and laws. And, and that's really important. Um, but, um, yeah, I hope we can meet up sometime. And I hope I can go to that October 21st and 22nd um, activism conference. Um, and I did talk to a TI who's also in our town. And one other thing I wanted to say, I went to the police on Memorial Day <clears throat> because I had biofilm glue hanging off of my face with organisms. <laughs> and I talked to an officer for an, almost an hour in the parking lot. He believed me. He didn't doubt me. He said, who's doing this to you? I said, I think it's being done by drones, helicopters, and planes, but I don't know for sure. He goes, I don't know how we can help you. He goes, I can do more patrols in that area. And I also told him that I knew you. I said, I'm not crazy. You can see this stuff on my face, on my car, on my house. And I said, and I, I know Jeff Medor, and he's not crazy. There, there's, And then the police officer said, do you think you're the only one in that area, because I live in a beach community, do you think you're the only one in that area being targeted? I said, no, my neighbor died a few weeks ago. I don't th and I saw the same organisms on her ladder and her windowsill when I tried to help her um, a month before. So I don't think I'm the only one. But he used the word target. Are you the only one targeted in that area? No. So I found that really interesting. But um, I did make sure that Two of these, three of these line police officers know that I know you and you're not crazy or anything and there's really that, you know, there's people out to harm and they have the obligation to protect us and if they don't, they can be held accountable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyways, so anyways, you should share your story about when you went up in the woods, the BB gun thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I yeah, I'll mention that quickly. I I was uh, it was in 2012 uh, that I I didn't I mean I, I was being pursued everywhere, and I was trying to save my eyesight. And these people were trying to get me in the eye with a laser, uh, and so I was camping in the woods up in Ledyard, Connecticut, and they came in after me, 
there for stalkers. And I chased him off the property in the middle of the night. It was like close to midnight. Um, and I, I was chasing him through the woods. And I thought that I had run them off. Uh, and when, as I got back to where my tent was, uh, they nailed me in the back with this laser and burned me. And I had a, I had a CO2 semi-automatic BB gun in my back pocket. I, I drew the thing and I, and I fired at them a number of rounds. Um, and I hit one of them and he, he yelped and uh, said, you shot me, you shot me. And I heard them as they were, they were digging it out of his face. I couldn't see them. It was pitch black. Um, but I and they. I thought they would leave me alone. I thought that would that taught them that and that business, you know, stop assaulting me. Uh, but they came back, and I ended up behind my vehicle the whole night, shooting at them. They were trying to get that. They were trying to burn me with a laser, and I was shooting at them um, with the BB gun. And I went through the whole night until. Uh, so the sun came up, you know, and they, they got, they had, they got, you know, farther away so I couldn't see them. And, you know, the, I guess that's really the story. That was, that was, that was early on, you know, it, that was in 2012 um, when I was trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Who are these people? How far away are they? You know, and uh, that was really good confirmation for me. You know, there's definitely, it was pitch black. There's someone there. They yelped when I shot him. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, that it, it was very, it, it was a difficult situation. I mean, being, here I am shooting at them, and, and I'm all by myself. And I, if I were to call for help, the authorities, they would have, they would have put, they would have locked me up. You know, but it was good confirmation that there there was, there's definitely, I definitely have an enemy, and they're and they're here, right here on the ground, and they were right there in front of me. Okay, well, thanks, Connie. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put you back on mute, and we're going to go down to the next question. Are you are you still there, Jeff? Yes, I'm still here. And thanks, Connie. I'll I'll we'll get back to you. We'll we'll track that guy down. Oh, I'm going to go down to the bottom. Come to Peter real quick. Hi, Peter. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Peter. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Peter. Hey, good talk. Good talk. I really liked it. You know, yeah. me, it hits home with, with the wife and kids, too, what yeah, was going on. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's funny that my wife knew about it and said, I don't want to see you go down like this. You know, and I said, like, what? Like, what? And she just kissed me and got up and walked away. You know, so they scared her. They scared her. You know, she's also trying to get life insurance and, you know. I do believe this is organized crime. And I'll tell you this. If the insurance companies lose money, they just charge more rates. On the radio, they were saying that, uh, Basically, they take half the money that they take in, and one half goes out. So if there are more charges, they just raise the rates. In other words, right now, what are, what are they debating but medical insurance, right, between Trump and, you know, the Obamacare? You know, do they all really know what's going on here? And You know what I'm saying? Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I wonder. It's like the biggest national story going right now. But, you know, I, I think, you know, legal, when they lobby to have insurance mandatory, it's just a big pool of money that those with influence can get their hands on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. There's, there's yeah. The mandatory insurance uh, issue is maybe the people driving this mandatory insurance are the ones who want to get their money, get their hands on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, taxes can only go so high, you know. The only other pool is insurance right now, isn't it? Yeah. And because, I mean, even remember Ed, Ed McMahon, you know, he uh, he sued for black mold. He got $4 million. I don't think any of us would ever get $4 million for black mold. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. people with influence. They, they They walk away with money all the time. But I wanted to say good job, and uh, hi, and uh, we'll be off for another trip soon. You know, we've got a really good group here, and uh, we're, we're having a good time. We're doing a lot of stuff, and that's that's what everyone should be doing. Don't you think, Jeff? Yeah, it's you know, it's nice. I know the people that are stalking me when they, when I get my attention away from them, they're disappointed, you know. And the more I can disappoint them, the better. And and I I have really enjoyed our group, Peter. I I have. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, without enjoyment in life, it's you're not living. You know. You know. So we've been doing our best. You know, all of us. Uh, seems to be people trying to interfere with it lately. You know. So mm-hmm. let's hope they don't they don't succeed. You know, because we've been doing good for a while. We're gonna do more. We're gonna get a camping trip going and do some cooking and you know. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, wait, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You know, I hit the beach the other day because it's August and our water's warm now. It was beautiful. Two days in a row. Dave came down. We had a good time. We called yes. you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, sorry. I couldn't. I just got really tied up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, there's something about getting in the ocean that just makes me feel better anyways. I don't know what it is. You know, Dwight talks about grounding. No, that that's our grounding. Yeah. So I think I even heard a porpoise clicking underwater. It was really cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Again, great job. See yeah, you thank you. Thank you, Peter. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks, Peter. Let me go ahead and mute you. I'm going to go back up towards the top again. I see New York. I'm going to come to you. I started back up at the top again. Hi, New York. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Hello? Yes. Okay, you can hear me. Good. Yes. I have two questions. One, when you were scanning on your UHF, VHS, HF, did they ever let you know that they knew you were scanning by saying your name or saying, you know, we're coming to get you. Did they ever let you know that they knew that you were scanning and monitoring? Yes. That, well, um, yeah, they they know what I'm doing pretty much all the time. Um, 
And when I first started looking for different signals and trying to track them down to see which ones might be associated with this defending equipment, um, that was one thing. But I remember the morning I got up in 2012 thinking that, you know what, now that I've identified one frequency that I think is associated with this equipment, what might happen if I had attacked that by transmitting on that? And I, I got up and I modified gear and I and I and I transmitted it and it knocked their video out and that really upset them and I, and I I remember them saying how we sat right here and and watched him do all this and now look we have no video um, and so they were really disturbed that they didn't attack me while I was doing it and trying to stop me. yeah did they vocally ever say anything your name or do you know what I mean oh they talk all the time oh okay all right oh, they, okay. I got it's you. A, yeah, there could be a running dialogue. I mean, if they they they'll you know they'll, they'll talk all the time, and and that gave engaged them quite a bit to try to to understand more about them. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I've gotten to the point where I just want them to be quiet. You know, I've I've okay, understood second, all. I'm going to. Yeah, I've gotten question. pretty much. I'm sorry. Go no, um, go ahead. Question, were they ever so close that you could? feed back their signal directly to them and overload their equipment and blow it out. Disable it, I'm sorry. Disable it. I, like, I, let's I, say, were they ever so close you could take a a large, um, le, uh, like a salad bowl, steel salad bowl, and put it against the wall and overload their equipment? No. I, they never I, that. Well, I, I have gotten very close to them. You know, I've had had them get very close to my home. Um, but doing what I've done with the electronics and, and trying to attack back has driven them farther away. Uh, but I I do believe I damaged some of their equipment. Um, you know, by getting the right combinations, uh, I've caused their equipment to overheat uh, and put out. Yeah, i not not adding anything. I mean, you can actually use uh, inanimate objects with no electronics at all and um, reflect the charge back at them and kind of disable their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... If you were able to do that. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure how how we'd go, we'd go about that. So I have damaged our equipment though with you know hitting it with a very with a lot of yeah. power. Yeah, I wouldn't right. go. To, I I myself wouldn't go so far as to actually intentionally send any kind of signal out, but mm-hmm. I don't see any harm in just reflecting it back. Right. Right. Okay. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I'll take care. Okay, New York. I'm going to go ahead and put you back on hold. We'll continue down the list. Okay, I'm going to come to Florida. Hi, Florida. Hi, this is Adrian. Hi, uh, Adrian. How are you? Oh, fine. <laughs> this Good. Electronic crisis this past week, but I think I've got it all in order. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. That's not good. 
anyway, what I was, wanted to ask, first of all, I didn't come right on the phone, so I need his name, his full name to look for. Well, his name is Jeffrey Medore, and I don't know if you caught some of his testimony. Um, so that's who, and he's from Connecticut, and he's been around a while and has some YouTube videos, and he's known in the in the East Coast group, and so here he is. Okay, the Medore is like spelled M-A-D-O-R? E, I think there's, am I wrong? Is there an E on the end? Correct. M-A-D-O-R-E. And the other thing is, I've been a TI since the um, 80s, and I was so glad to hear that they see through your eyes because they see through mine, and when I originally said this a few years ago, nobody believed me, but they tell me how to decorate. They see through my eyes. They um, see see through. They taste what I eat. Uh, it's like they're right here in the room, except it's like they're glammed onto me. Like right. my whole skin vibrates because they're like a layer of a couple of layers of me. So I don't know if you get that sensation or not or not, but uh, I definitely do. Here they see what I see. Like I said, you said they describe things to you. Well, they do the same thing to me. And, I mean, you have no privacy because if you go to the restroom, they're with you. Yep. Yeah, they see everything you see. And everything you're thinking about, they they, they can hear it. You know. Yeah, just... everything you're thinking about, too, that's for sure. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to say, and I want to watch your videos now. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Adrian. Okay, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and back on hold, and I'm going to come down to Connecticut. You're next, Connecticut. Connecticut. Oops. Hi, Connecticut. Hi, dear. Hello? Hi. Uh-oh, can you hear me? Oh. We can hear you, yeah. yes. Yes? That's Mary. That's Mary. Hey, Mary. Hey, dear. Hello. You did a really good job on, and Connecticut is really a nasty state. <laughs> it really is. And with one thing that that woman was saying about the contract that the Air Force has with this directed energy, um, did anybody happen to catch that? Because I'd be very interested in learning on that one because I'm air stocked all day long. And, uh, you know, when certain jets go over, I'm affected very bad. So uh, I wouldn't doubt that that one's right up my alley. Um, You did a really great job. (laughs) Um, And your videos are great. And I just pray that uh, good things come out of all this. For many, yeah. um, you got quite the case there. And good's gonna win somehow, some way. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and put you back on hold. Did you want to ask another question, or do you have a question? No, no, I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Katie, I'll put you back on hold. Thanks, Mary. Another Connecticut. Here we go. It's Connecticut night. Hi, Connecticut. 
Um, Jeff, it's Connie again. Um, we talked a few weeks ago, and you mentioned you got have were picking up orbs on your infrared camera, and a steady stream of what appeared to be like bubbles coming from the sky. So, have you done any found? And you said the orbs are actually setting off the alarms, um, the motion detector on the camera system. So, I was just wondering if you had any inf more information about what you're picking up on camera. And then the other thing is, I also want a copy of that contract General Dynamics um, got because I'm in, I'm only two towns away from General Dynamics, and um, I get a lot of air activity, helicopters, planes, drones, and um, what that woman was speaking about. I I believe they're doing non-consensual human experimentation. And if I can prove it, they're going to owe me $100 million. So good for them for getting a $49 million contract because after, you know, they get sued, then they're going to end up with nothing. <laughs> but anyways, did, did you pick up anything else with your infrared camera system? I, I haven't pursued that, Connie, but I, I, I want to. It's, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's really strange, you know, just the surveillance cameras I have around the house. Um, they pick up these round spherical uh, um, abnormalities. I don't know what they are. People call them orbs. Uh, and I, I pick up, you know, just I've seen them in the camera, and they, they make the motion sensor come on, and the camera alarms, and it records. But so, I need to, so, so one thing I, I found out from somebody who was in the Air Force, who's not anymore, they said they are doing experimentation, something like, something like Cloaked, cloaked drone insects or something, or drone insects. And honey, I think, honey, just hmm? be aware that there's other people that haven't had a chance to ask a first question, so just be mindful. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, it's okay. Go ahead, you can finish what you're saying. I didn't want to do that. Didn't want to stop you mid sentence. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, okay, so real quick, what they did with my eyes, they made them into like infrared cameras. So what people pick up on cameras, I see with my eyes. And um, I found out from somebody who was in the Air Force that they are doing experimentation with cloaked drone insects. And, I, and if they have enough electromagnetic radiation, I, I believe that's when I don't see them. But if I have very little in my house, all of a sudden I'll see like these fruit flies and moths or flies. And, and so I, I think they could probably be doing that too. And maybe somebody would see orbs or whatever, but if it's a quote, you know, these people aren't small stuff. Anyways, that's all I have to say. Okay. Thank you, thank Connie. You, yeah, thank you. Find her on the board. I'm afraid um, I'm afraid to mute the wrong person. Hold on one second, because you're both Connecticut. Jeff, can you still hear me? I'm still here. Okay, I muted the right Connecticut. Okay. Now I'm going to come to um, central Minnesota. Hi, Minnesota. Oh, hi, Ella. Good to hear you guys. Yep, good call. A little frustrating, you know, this stuff, but um, yeah. it's good we have these calls. They <clears throat> helped me along the way a lot. And uh, speaking to people, um, if you've been damaged by uh, neurotoxins like I have, and my mom too, she doesn't like me to say that, but I know. 
um, talking to people is one of the best things to help for being, you know, therapeutic because, like, the handlers or what you call them, uh, they make my hands shake and stuff now since an implant three years ago. And so, like, I'm not writing that much anymore. They destroyed my computers, so I'm not writing that much anymore. Um, but um, glad uh, to get to say something on your call tonight and um, uh, staying moving and um, walking. Walking helps, too, to recover. Uh, you can walk as far as you you know, as long as, you know, your loved ones aren't worried about you. And then nowadays, with new technology, you can just give them a call and, like is everything okay there and so <clears throat> I'm still moving around I'm not like over pacing I guess but um it's frustrating they uh what they do they don't let me sleep unless sometimes I drink alcohol and uh that just isn't right at all but it's an old form of old-fashioned form of torture they actually did that um you've heard those guys in the dungeons they They'd give them alcohol. I mean, and some of them were hooked to chains to the wall, but they'd still give them alcohol. Um, I'm not sure. They, I just, I just know that this is like she was saying that like a new world order, uh, and I think it's based on technology and like real greedy people that are taking advantage of it and deceiving and disinforming everyone else about what they're. Um, operations are what they're doing their what their normal behavior is like and stuff like that i mean first off they don't even seem to have any normal behavior the perps um whereas i did i was raised correctly and but you know i'd say things when i got mad to myself or in my bedroom <clears throat> back in 2011 and that's when they started spying on me was um the like the mean ones not just the medical ones, but like the thugs back in uh, July of 2011. And they caused an accident between me, my mom, my brother in November of 2011. And they write on that every day saying all this horrible bullshit lie about me. And that's it. I mean, now I'm, now they've chipped me more and uh, mugged me at my work, destroyed a lot of my cars, computers, brain cells. And they're just disgusting for over half the day, they're just horrible. They're like nerve pulsing me like ratty maggots. Like it's just, you would never think a person could be that bad, but they're monsters. You know, they're like humans that turned into monsters. That's what I would like to say. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to ask real quick, um, what happened to Sumaya's call? Oh, she... Um she, for some personal reason, she doesn't have, number one, she doesn't have internet, so she'll come back around to doing them probably again. So there is a nice woman. I haven't checked my messages. I know Sue called me, and I haven't written down. I know it's on talk show at the same time she was having hers. So oh. hopefully, um, yeah, so hopefully um, she'll come back, and I'll find it. I think her name is, is she, Julie. Is Sue Maya doing okay, like, like less or zero electronic harassment and living, like, outdoors more and stuff like that still? Yeah, you know, I don't RV. know. I don't know. Can't say. I don't know. She sounded comfortable, though, when I last talked to her. Like, she could put her feet up on her steering wheel of her RV and yeah. speak what's on her mind, and she didn't sound like she was in pain. So I'm kind of glad for that. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm sure she's good. She she has such a strong spirit and soul. I'm sure she's fine no matter what's what's going on with her. Well, thanks for your concern. And I'm going to go ahead and mute you and go to the next question. Okay. Let's see here. California, coming to you. Hi, California. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, I oh. missed. Can you hear I'm me? Sorry. Barely. We can hear you, though. Okay, good. Um, I My question is, what is the payoff for general dynamics? That may sound naive or a dumb question, but what is their reward in this? You know, I, I, I really don't know. I, you know, it could be that they're doing research. Someone pointed out a contract uh, here that they could be doing research. But I do wonder that myself. What is what is going on here, and why why are they they're doing this? Why are they putting people out in the community that are making people sick, putting them on disability, and driving them in and out of the hospital? Yeah, you know, and the hospital appears to be cooperating and, yeah. and and appreciating that business. I don't I don't really know. I mean, I wonder. It appears. So- is there are these warring are these warring economic powers on on you know monetary powers on a bigger level? Are, is there an assault on insurance companies going on by you know other powers? I don't know. I mean that that that's a, a really good question. I was wondering that because you knew exactly who it was. I know who uh, put me on the program, but they have a different beef with me. But general general dynamics, I always hear that. As soon as you said who it was. Okay, that was it. That was my question. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to come to West Washington State next. Hi, West Washington. Hello? You're breaking up just a little bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let me try to go. Um, is that better? Yes, better, yes. Um, Jeffrey, I wrote an email to you. Did you yes. receive it? Um, that, I, I'm a little bit behind on things, but um, I. what was your name again? Angelica. Okay. Angelica. Uh, the thing is, see, I, I wrote an email to you to explain that I already approached uh, the head of the insurance companies for the entire United States in 2008, explaining to him that this was uh, very expensive to to the insurance companies. And so... They have already figured out how to write that off. And the thing is, where you have to go back to is the banks. Mm -hmm. That's where it's coming from. The contracts and everything are... And remember, uh, Ella, you had that um, Richard Lighthouse was on, right? Is that his name? Yes. Richard Lighthouse, if you go back, Jeffrey, and listen to last Tuesday's show from Ella. 
this guy, um, he he uh, blames it on the wrong people, but it is the banks. And uh, uh, what happens is over our lifetimes, like I worked in the shipyards also, and what happened was that the shipyards started making more money off of putting implants in people and testing out new new technology and everything. They started making more money doing that than ship repair, which was their specialty. So, you know, um, it it really it boil it all boils down to the banks, and what what we really have to do is, I mean, it's a tall order, but we're going to have to start making our own treasuries and having our own banks, because this whole banking system is um, <laughs> it's just so corrupt and. Uh, the business of targeting people is the most lucrative business they have since they exported agriculture and industry. Targetry is the biggest industry now. And it destroyed the company that I was working for. You know, so they... uh, it, that doesn't stop the employees from still uh, stalking me and stuff. And uh, anyway, so yeah, the 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 insurance companies, uh, yeah, it is all about the insurance, but it's also about the banks. The banks are financing themselves with the insurance companies. Like, for example, well, like uh, Ken Peartree said, uh, 2 to $3 billion a year per each targeted individual. That's what the contracts add up to. 2 to $3 billion a year. So, yeah, it, 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 it is the banks, and what we're going to have to do is um, form our own banks, and uh, you know, but look at what they're doing to Japan. So you have to be stronger, like Hungary and uh, China, you know. But uh, like, for example, my insurance payoff when I die is like three million plus, just from working with major corporations, and they never end the insurance policy that they take out on you because you're a valuable employee. And that's probably the same with you, too. Anyway, yeah, look at it. Look, you know, it. it is the insurance companies, but it's all coming from the banks. And, you know, that guy said Rothschild, the same old story. Those guys are just the footmen of the real people who have the real, the gigajillionaires who are Jesuits. And this, we locally have to start making our own banks 
and nationally have to have our own bank. Even Trump did mention this, but it's very, you know, it's very hard to stay on track. But um, that's the that, that's the only solution, really, is to have our own banks because otherwise, it's you know, they're asset shipping the United States and Europe. That's what Dr. Catherine Horton said. Anyway, so I hope you uh, read my email. And, uh, well, I, I sent you a couple emails. And it, it really boils down to Dr. Catherine Horton is key here because she knows about CERN. It's all emanating from CERN, all the fiber optic networks. And so that all information is all hooked together uh Centralizing in CERN with the uh, International Bank of Settlements is the main bank. And all banks are the same bank. So until we get to the point where we break away from that system, they'll be using targetry as their main financial force, especially in the United States. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And thank you very much, yeah. uh, Jeffrey. Thank you, thank thank you, you very much it. for your videos. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your comments. And I will get back to you on emails. I'm just a little behind, but uh, I will. And uh, I appreciate what uh, what insight you have, uh, you know, on these issues for sure. Hi, Arizona. You're on muted. Do you have a question for Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeff. Um, this is Olga. I'm calling from Arizona. Hi, Bella. How are you? I'm good. It's Ella, by the Hi. way. Bella's fine, too. <laughs> uh, uh, it's Bella, okay. by the way. We had a Bella, and I really miss Ella? her. Ella, Ella, Ella. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I never met you, but I talk to you from time to time. Um, I, was, I know I came a little bit early. Your phone, I don't know if you're hearing the same thing, Jeffrey. Her phone sounds uh, like a bad connection. My phone? It's a little funny. Yeah. Do you hear okay, Jeffrey? Okay. It seems kind of broken up. Yeah, we'll do the, we'll do the best we can. Okay. I'm just moving to the kitchen now. Can you guys hear me there? Yes, better. better. Yes. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. Um, anyways. Uh, talking. Um, that was a, a. That's a really good. Um, how you call um, topic that you have right now? The insurance fraud. I think that um, we thought about with a couple of uh, guys that um, were taking to the hospital, also to the psych units, and they were held there for a month. They would not let him leave the hospital because they want exactly to keep him a month in there. So um, then when they tried to take him back, um, he did say, you know, I'm reporting. And then I think he did report insurance fraud, yes. Right. They, they did not took him again. Yeah. So I think that uh, most target individuals that are used, yes, as experimental subjects, yes, they are, we are. Um, and... Um, 
also the abuse is uh, if we report, we start reporting insurance fraud, I think that that is one way to go and spread the word as well. Because it is fraud. They, um, the psych units, hospitals are making money off of your body, you know, your, your uh, health and so forth and so on. And they are making people sick. sick. Yes, I had to go to the hospital before I, um, I didn't know what was happening for uh, one year and a half. So I had to go to the hospital with severe abdominal pain, yes. And I went to the hospital uh, to the ER several times. That is insurance for us. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that is insurance for us. And uh, um, anyways, um, I, where can we, uh, I know there is, Several sites where what will be an effective way of reporting these crimes, insurance fraud. Hello, I'm, I'm sorry, I missed, I missed the first part. Of that. Uh, a, a telephone, a, a, a good site or a good place to report insurance fraud, whether it's health insurance, you know, home insurance, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I. In Connecticut, we have the Connecticut Insurance Department. Um, okay, each state has their own. Yeah, the different I states guess. have the different states have. I was looking at Maine; they have the Insurance Bureau, um, and I believe the Senate Banking Commission handles insurance fraud. Also, I was thinking of uh, contacting them on the federal level, um, but I, I did send a copy. I sent a link to my video to the. Uh, to the governor of my state here in Connecticut and uh, to the insurance department as well as their fraud, mm-hmm. the, the fraud uh, uh, um, department within the insurance department. So I'm trying to uh, trying to get their attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. It makes me okay, wonder how, it does okay. make me wonder how many people are getting procedures, maybe even joint replacements and things like that, that don't really need them. Yeah, they just program this into a computer and follow somebody around, and first thing you know, they're going to need a joint replacement. Maybe they don't really need it. Exactly. People are getting surgeries because of the fact that they are being hit in their liver and their gallbladder and their, you know, different parts, and then the hospitals say, oh, you have a gallbladder problem, surgery, and then the implantation comes with it, you know. So yep. that's what's going on. Yes. Oh yeah, I had just that. I didn't. It wasn't necessary to have my gallbladder out, but I did. It was taken out, and it was from being targeted with pain in that area. So yeah. I yes. Certainly, I certainly agree with that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, yes. Thank you, uh, Ella. Thank you. Thank you, Olga. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Kind of melting. Our air conditioner broke, so whew, it's hot. It's only a hundred degrees in here, but that's okay. A hundred uh, degrees, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really hot. Uh, it's for some reason it got kind of the house kind of kept and entrapped all the heat. Okay. Oh my goodness, there's a bunch up here. 
Okay, I'm going to go to West Coast Angel. Hi. Hello. Um, Hi. Hi, Ella. Thank you for letting me speak. I appreciate that. No problem. I have a question for, um, yeah, it's 104 here today in Sacramento. Oh, it's hot on the West Coast. I know. Yeah, they're still knocking me out to sleep all day. Um, And now they're stomping above my head with their dog. Um, So this is the thing, is I've been getting a lot of crank calls from insurance companies, and um, some of them are perps, and I'm wondering, you guys are talking about insurance fraud. Lauren has that on her call, and going into the, you know, like interviewing Solange, Dr. Solange, who um, is um, a private investigator, and she's a professor, I believe, and a couple other things, and she's looked at the northeastern region of the country and what she has gone through with her family, um, not being able to get medical care. Um, So this is the thing, is I've been inundated with a lot of crank calls from insurance companies. It's been growing, and now it's like... Anytime I touch the phone, they call me right back. They call back and they um, they ask questions as if they're propositioning you if you need insurance coverage. A lot of different lead-ins with their you know their talk on the phone. Um, and then as soon as I start ask, asking questions like, "What is your company? Who are you?" Um, how long have you been in business? Some of them will stay on the phone. Most of the time, they hang up. And I'm wondering if anyone knows what this is because some of the perps, they start to pull their perpy behavior. They start getting sexual and all this other garbage, just garbage. So, I mean, it may not have been cool, but I, I started answering the phone, you know, county sheriff, okay, of which they click right away. They hang up immediately. I just, I'm testing them to see why are you calling? And they're saying, sometimes they say an alternative to Obamacare. And it's just, it's crazy what they're saying on the phone. And it's not even a normal business call. Does he know anything? Does your interviewee know anything about this? Or has anybody else been experiencing this? Anything to say? I'm sorry? Jeffrey, do you know anything? Do you have any, uh, do you want to answer or do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I'm really not, I'm, I'm really not sure. It sounds like you're getting a lot of prank calls. Absolutely, and it's all insurance. Every single one of them is insurance. I've noticed the pattern, and maybe I'm just sharing so other people can respond later or something if they're getting these calls. I just want to know if I, I'm, I'm, almost guessing for sure that I'm not the only one getting these, but like if I'll call a TI like in Virginia, I'll get a crank call from Virginia. I call LA, I get a crank call back from LA. I mean, it's immediate. It's immediate. Does anybody, even if it's not regarding all these insurance calls, it's like if I call another TI anywhere in the nation, I get a crank call back from that, that same state. And it's very weird. Anybody else go through that? Well, we just oh, have Jeff is... talking. I don't know. That might be a good question later tonight. Um, we can ask people because I know a lot of people yeah, I do thought get maybe it. he might know. I thought he yeah. might know. But it's primarily now for the past two weeks, three weeks solid, it's been insurance calls. And, he, sir, you were 
his mm-hmm. main topic was what was your main topic? No, he talked about that. We're just talking about his testimony and everything he's experienced. Yeah. a lot. Can I know. address that really quick? You're sure. going to the hospital, being taken away from your home. Um, I I had that, and um, they. It's an, it's interesting that you say insurance fraud because um, the police actually told me to move. They go, well, why don't you just move? And then they carted me off an hour and a half away from my home, and this is Sacramento, over to the Bay Area, okay, and kept me at the hospital all night, um, almost cut a, a blood pressure cuff into my arm, and by the time I got to the psych ward in a whole, I mean, they took me to Vallejo, and that's like an hour away from my home, and... um they had the fire department in my home. They had the cops in there. And they went into my bedroom without me being able to see them in my bedroom. And I, they just said, sit down, you know. And, and that's, that's like a false search of your home. If they're just there for me to take me out, they should not be going through my house. Right. You know. And um, so I could relate to you with the whole and – I, and I just can't – the extent – that they've done the things that they've done to you, um, causing your divorce, um, running you off to um, a, a develop. It's actually in California. It's called a developmental hospital for um, uh, for the criminally insane. Yeah. This is where they put you. Yes. Yeah. I spent a hundred and ten days. There. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What yeah, was that? For a hundred days. Hundred and ten days. Yeah. Hundred and ten days. That you do know how extensive that is, right? That's not just a normal psych ward experience. That, oh, that no. and, and I, just hearing the intricacy of what. Can I ask what state you're in? Uh, in Connecticut. In Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. So they sectioned you, and then they did a criminal on top of that, and then mixed it together. That's really extensive, and I'm sorry that you went through that because I have a friend they did that to here. And now I think he's a target. And they left him in a mental institution, in a developmental, criminally insane hospital for 10 years. And somebody was fighting for him, though, right? And so the district attorney would never go to court. So um, the county and the state sued the, the district attorney for never showing up for court in the millions of dollars they were fined for not letting him out for not letting him out. So I'm very sorry that they did that. I have things like that that have happened to me. And um, what I did was, uh, final thing, uh, Ella, is that um, my doctor, I have a psychologist, and he's top of the line, New York schools, Harvard, just you would not believe. He's ran entire, like, psychological departments in counties, he and his wife. And he actually told my psychiatrist off at when they took me away to Vallejo. He got on the phone with him. And something told me to ask that doctor inside in Vallejo. I said, are you military? Are you a military? He, he said, 20 years and proud. He just jumped to G.I. Joe right in front of my eyes. The psychiatrist. The crew cut, the everything. I found out that he was from back your way, okay? The last name is Stoddard, okay? 
And they, I looked into the family, and there are a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists in their family, and they are very, in my case, they're very, very racist. They're very racist, and I looked at cases that were against this family. I went into the legal logs, and they've been sued. They've been sued. So you might look at some of the doctors that you had to deal with when you went away, and maybe there's a way that you can report them. That's what some of my clinician friends tell me is to go make reports on these people because it stays in their record, maybe, right? Because they mess with everything now. Like Ella was saying earlier, um, maybe this call is the last one, that it's like you can't trust the logs anymore because everybody's on the computer so much nowadays. Right. But maybe something will stick. Right. This right. is the worst case, Ella, that I've heard where they've actually put you over in like a specialized hospital, that's not just a mental institution and it's not just prison. It's a criminal, it's an institution for the developmentally criminally insane. Yeah, I, I was in with, I was in, yeah, I was in with murderers and arsonists and, you know, sex offenders and they were my peer group for, uh, for 110 days. You can sue for that because that's trauma that's trauma, and you've never had any criminal history or anything like that? No. No, I mean... No psychological than... history? I, I shouldn't ask you that part because that's your HIPAA. But criminal... The things that could have happened to you in there. Did you see behavior? I mean, the, the things that could happen. Yeah, it was... I mean, it's potentially rough. Day. I mean, it was fights every day. You know, I just, I just stay out of trouble. Yes. Okay, Cindy, I'm going to put you back on hold. I've still got quite a few people here. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We always appreciate yeah. your input. Yeah, thank you. We can keep it healthy for everybody. That's ideal. Okay. Let's go down to Donna. Whoops. Hold on. i got James instead. Hey, Donna. Hi there, everybody. Hi. Hi, uh um, hi, Jeffrey. I'm <laughs> amazed at what you had to go through. Uh, you sound really good. I'm sorry about that. I'm very sorry about it. It scares me a lot what they can do to us. Yeah. Seems like a catch-22. Uh, some days I feel like I can't fight my way out of a paper bag. Um that I won't go there. Um, you know, everybody's asking why they're doing this. Um, I, For me, it's really obvious. Um, depopulation, that's a big one. They start out stripping your assets, taking everything you've got, your homes, your businesses, your everything. So you're too weak to fight them. If you're just busy surviving every day, you're on a survival level. I've been on a survival level ever since uh, 2011. And uh, as creative as you can be, it keeps you so distracted, so running, so trying to protect yourself. Uh, you don't have the energy hardly to 
do anything else but what you need to in order to survive. Some people are lucky enough that their families haven't, you know, turned their back on you. But um, for those that they ruin their family, like myself, uh, you're really out there. You're really out there by yourself. And it's a nightmare. They took my two businesses. They took my home. They took everything I had, my relationships with my children. My friends thought I was going crazy. Um, But I've been connecting the dots as I've been listening to all of you talk and also doing the survey. The people that uh, moved in behind my home, they were put there in two different homes behind me. And I'm connecting the dots, and everybody concerned from the new managers of my mobile home park that moved their mother to Oregon to uh, the mobile home coalition to the people in back of me to a lot of people that lived in the park and very much so the person that I gave my home back to. I'd rather walk out of that park alive than dead. He was very much, I'm sure, a part of it. The managers had nothing to do but try to destroy me by making up things that I said that I didn't say in front of my children even. Uh, They gained to have higher rent when they got me out of there. The guy that I lost over $30,000 to uh, got every penny I had from my mobile home, plus all the money he's going to make on the next guy that moves in. Uh, I'm a person of interest. I know I am. Uh, I started the second business. The person that I had been renting my hairdressing station from had nothing to do but gain more clientele getting me out of hairdressing, totally getting me blacklisted from jobs I wouldn't even take, took my livelihood, a clientele that I took years and years to build. So it stripped my livelihood, my livelihood. I had no company. I had no pensions and all this stuff. But then the first thing they want to do, and I heard this all over the calls, they, you're perfectly strong. You're working. You're productive. They want to put you on medicine and then put you on disability. I could not believe it. And I heard that from all kinds of people all over the United States that they were trying to do that too. So after they take everything you've got, make you weak, experiment on you physically and mentally, scanning you day and night uh, and all the little contortions that they pull on you, uh, try to make you look like you're insane, even 
the judges in the courts are set up for it. Um, from you are getting weaker and weaker and weaker until they decide to finish you off and take your health after getting maybe the best bill of health of anybody in the area. So I look at I, I see it as being very, very simple. There may be a lot of ins and outs to it, but you know, they they just want to finish this off and uh have us not drain the system with social security or disability or whatever it might be. So they give you an ailment that they can hammer on and make you look like you're dying from that as they hammer it day and night. This is just some thoughts I have. And I thank you everybody for helping me to put my picture together. It really doesn't look real cheery. Hang on to God and each other, and hopefully something can be done before I die anyway. Um, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and put you back on hold. I can find her. There she is. I'm going to come to Central Colorado next. Hi, Ella. Hi, Hi, Jeffrey. This is Katie from Colorado. Hi, Katie. How are you? Good. Hi. Good. Good. (laughs) Jeffrey, first, I just want to, 32 years of going through what you're going through, it's an inspiration that you're, you know, still in there fighting. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for so coherently sharing your story. I'm I'm on my third year. Uh, I feel like things are improving, but I'm improving them on my own. I'm still getting hit very hard. Um, The question I have, um, and I missed a few things at the beginning, but I'm I'm fairly sure you mentioned you were receiving V2K at a pretty constant rate. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah, all day. And then there was a woman who called in who uh, mentioned that they could see through her eyes. Um, My my V2K, I consider it synthetic telepathy um, because it just, it responds to my thoughts before I can even think them out. And I heard both of you refer to, and I get multiple, multiple voices through the V2K, and I used to think, okay, they and the, this person and that person. But I've come to, I think it's an artificial intelligence like a chatterbot most of the time. If not, you know, maybe not all the time. But I've realized some of those voices just weren't real voices. Right. And the speed at which it operates, it just, no human can do that that, I'm, that I've ever known. And I'm just wondering if that's something you considered, because once I've realized and I look at it as an artificial intelligence, I won't communicate with it. 
And I get hit harder a lot more physically, but I almost consider that a compliment because it's like a two-year-old throwing a tantrum that I won't give it attention. Right. Yeah, I notice a lot of of the people that talk, they have voiceovers that synthesize a different sound, so they they can sound really uh, manic. They, you know, they... And... um, Anyone, anyone who's getting B2K would would recognize what I mean. You you can talk to them without making a sound. I can hear the thought. I can I can hear the words audibly in my head as I'm thinking them. Um, and what's really strange is they send subliminal thoughts that feel like they're my own thoughts, but I know they're not. I know they don't. They didn't originate with me because they're not. They're not part of my value system. That, and that's a, that's a, I've experienced that's a tough, this. Oh yeah, and that's a tough one because imagine if you didn't know this was being done. That someone sends a thought to you, then they send an emotion that kind of confirms that thought, and you, you'd be you'd be likely to act on it. You know, and yes. And, and I I had someone ask ask me recently, how do you how do you distinguish between their thoughts and your own? And I said, well, I don't act on things that are against my values. You know, and that, that's because their thoughts, they, they feel like they originated, they originated in my brain, but I, I know that they're not. It's a real strange thing. It can drive you, it's like it can drive you crazy. But once you realize it, it you're, it's, it's definitely to our benefit when we realize what is us and what is not us. Yeah. You know, what's, what's, you know, and it's hard to distinguish. It really is. But I again, think, values, that's a good way to look at it. That, okay, this isn't, these yeah. aren't my values, so I know this isn't coming from me. Yeah, so. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that this technology is driving violent situations around the country. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of the shootings, like the school shootings and things like that. Oh, um, certain, as far as, yeah, some of them, especially yeah. Myron May. Um, I, I suspect, I, I suspect this technology. You know, it's 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 a horrible thing. It needs to be revealed for 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 those reasons. Well, if you've been in it for thirty-two years, I hope I'm in it for the long haul, and I want to see it solved. I don't want to get a court thing where I get a gag order. I won't even take anything like that until this stops. I want, I want to be in this. Um, right. And hearing from people like you really inspire me, and I appreciate that a lot. Um, I have one other question for you. Um, you mentioned during your uh, horrible. Uh, imprisonments that you weren't forced uh you weren't diagnosed with any mental illness they released you from the 60 day after i think you said they kept you 110 but right. that you weren't diagnosed with anything was right that I was, yeah i didn't know what to make of it all i knew is you know this situation got me put in that place and so doctors kind of surrounded me and wanted me to talk you know They'd say, well, you made this complaint to the police. Uh, you know, this is going on with the FBI. And, you know, they, they wanted they wanted big information out of me. And since since that was what got me there, I, I, I wouldn't talk. I, 
I, I told them, you know, I have made complaints to the proper agencies. I'm just keeping in touch with those agencies, and I don't want you involved. You know, and that that just so they, you know, they they just had to really back off. So the whole time I was there, I would not do anything or say anything that would give them something legitimate to write down about me. And the follow-up question to that is, um, so you've never been, like, ordered or forced to take any kind of psych medications? Oh, yeah. Yep. At the last time, um, after I got out of that place, when I was trying to get help for Stephanie from the police, they, they ushered me right into the local psych hospital. And, and at that point, you were forced to? Yeah, the the one before that for 110 days, they tried to force me, and I challenged it in court, and I won. Uh, so the, the the doctors were overruled. Uh, but at this hospital, I challenged it again, um, and the judge uh, I, he he broke the law. He 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 basically said, uh, you know, you 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 got to you got to stay here and you got to take your medicine, and and, and that was it. There, there wasn't even a justification for keeping me there. The, you know, the same judge kept me there even without justification. And then they they ordered uh, meds against Will. So ultimately, you know, I when I got done there, you know, the, the, the doctors wanted me to take the meds willfully. And I said, no, when the paperwork comes through from the court, they, they told me that if I don't take them, I will be assaulted. They'll hold me down. They'll restrain me and inject me. I said, so since since I don't want to be assaulted, I, I'll take them. But I'm, I need to get to that point where you're going to assault me. And then I'll, I'll take the medication. And when they got there, I, I took them. You know, I took them for a few days and and I, and I stopped. So I, I, just, I just wanted to fight it on, because it was the right thing to do to fight it. And it was really something, the corruption that I saw. You know, a judge, a judge doesn't have to obey the law. I found that out. Were you able at any point to get off of them? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, as, soon, as soon as soon as I got out, as soon as I got out, I stopped taking. You know, no one, they can't. A judge can't enforce you taking medication in the community. Well, there's yeah. just so much overdiagnosing. I think somehow the pharmaceutical companies have their hand in this, like everything else, too. Uh, but oh, yeah. if you, I mean, if you're going through this and you don't need psych medications, I just feel that can be very damaging. If, uh, you know, I feel like I know a woman who was targeted, but she was on four psych meds, and I just don't think she could realize what was happening to her, and I just couldn't uh, really reach her. But uh, Yeah. I don't doubt that some of them are damaging. I think Connie is really, has expertise in that area. She's former FDA, and um, she has she has said how some of them are are very uh, are very damaging. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. I greatly appreciate uh, everything that you're doing, and uh, I want to see your videos. I haven't seen them yet. I will definitely check them out. Uh, thank you, Ella, for uh, your great questions you ask, and uh, have have a great night. Yeah, thank you, thank Katie. You. Appreciate it. I got time for one more question. Um, the next one down is North Florida, so I'm going to come down and I'll unmute you, and you'll be the last question. Sorry, I couldn't get to everybody. Um, I just don't have the time, and um, I need to get to a place where it's cooler. 
Okay, North Florida, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Jeff? Yes, hey Ella, um, it's Sandra. Listen, I, I'm I'm going to be brief because I know you must be hot as I don't know what, but I wanted to address just a couple of things to the woman who was talking about um, seeing um, lights like flashlights um, in her eyes. So I get that if I'm um, lying down, no lights on, and I open my eyes, and it's sort of like strobish um, for me. And I think that's because they've been, as uh, Jeff said, using um, the lasers on my eyes as well. Um, And so, you know, running them, I mean, really directly over my eye ball. Um, And so I think that comes from that. Um, And to Jeff and to um, whoever else was talking about um, the infrared camera, I have uh, taken some photographs, not with an infrared camera, just a regular digital camera. Um, Mostly um, the photographs I'm talking about where I have captured orbs up in the sky next to the moon. Um, uh, Those photographs I took uh, mainly when I was in Florida at night. Um, Mostly I would say around midnight or after midnight. And so I'm just outside. I'm taking pictures. I captured a lot of stuff. And I suggest to other TIs start photographing your surroundings. Um, You know, if you feel safe enough to go out at night and grab some photographs of the sky to do that, you don't necessarily need um, an infrared camera. Um, and take photographs of yourself because what I what I've noticed is that there are things you can capture on a camera that you're not going to see with your naked eye. And when I looked at the pictures of the um, where I captured the orbs at, I was I'm really blown away. And you can see them on my Twitter page because they're on there in the multitude of pictures under the media tab, but. When I took those pictures, it was a clear, clear night, no precipitation, no nothing, you know, that normal Florida night. Um, the lens was clear on the camera, and all I could see was the moon. But when I looked back at the picture, there are these orbs um, in the picture. And... Uh, if you would see the picture, you would know that it's not a shadow. It's well away, you know, a, a, a good distance away from the moon, um, just kind of hanging out there. And so I'm not sure what it is, but I've always thought since I kind of started piecing this together that this was to do with Star Wars technology. Um because they pumped so much money into it, it just wasn't going to fade away into the night. Um, We just never heard about it after a certain point. Um, So just start taking pictures. You don't necessarily need an infrared to do that, infrared camera to do that. Um, And also there's some photographs that have um, particles in the picture. Um, that's the only way I can describe it. Again, a clear night, a clear lens. When I take the picture, I see 
lots of particles throughout the picture. Now, those I noticed don't show up as well when I posted them on Twitter, but I have the originals. So, you know, when I look back at them, it's just, it's really amazing uh, to see those things. And then uh, just briefly, there are also photographs that have little pin lights, I, I guess I would call them, on them. Um, blue, red, and green, and I have them on multiple photographs, of, you know, up in the sky. I don't know what that is. Lastly, um, also, again, with reference to photographs, um, they use the satellite dishes uh, to get to us because I, again, taking pictures, um, just point my camera up in the air, what I would get back was a picture of um, of an illuminated uh, satellite dish near a light source, um, whether it was, a, you know, it might be a light over a garage at night that was on or, you know, some other light source. But oddly enough, when I would take the picture, there's no satellite dish in view in my view that I can see with my with my eyes, but when I get the picture back, there's a photograph of, um, I'm not going to say, I don't even know how to say it because I'm not a technical person, but the satellite disk is in the picture. Um, and it's um, maybe a sadder, I, I don't want to say a sadder, I don't know. It, it's just hard for me to explain, but I know they're using them. Um, and uh, they're everywhere. You know, who doesn't have a satellite dish on their house or So, again, just start taking pictures. That's, that's um, what I would say. And, and, and one last thing is, um, you know, everybody, all of us have some sort of um, idea of why this is happening and what's going on and so on and so forth, and everybody's situation is different. And I think what they do to us is what they do to, like, NSA employees, CIA employees. It's compartmentalized so that, um, you know, maybe only, and certainly Karen um, tends to speak more to this than me, but only a few people know this part of it, a few people know that part of it, and obviously it's a, a six degrees sort of six degrees uh, of separation sort of thing where nobody can put the whole of it together, and we're definitely dealing with that type of situation. So I think you know I think when we when we try to put that pie together, we're just chasing our tails on that end because we're not going to get the the whole of it because we're not meant to ever get the whole of it, but we don't need the whole of it. We just need the right pieces of it to put it together. I'm done. <laughs> thank you, Sandra. Thank you You're so welcome. much. Yeah, that was thank a great you. way to end all. <clears throat> So, Jeffrey, again, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure listening to your story and getting to know you better. And um, do you want um, 
do you, so I guess someone to suggest people go see your videos on YouTube. It's just under your name. Is that correct? I think it's just under yes. your name. Remador. Yes. Yep, right under my name. Yes. J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, and then yes. M as in Mary, A-D-O-R-E. I think that's what you should go under YouTube. So. All right. Okay, well, thank you, guys. I'm going to go ahead and end the call and go get cooled off. And um, I have a call Saturday, but I'm going to try and get someone to fill in for me since I'm not going to be here. But the Saturday call, for now, I might go back to talk to you because I guess there's some issues with uploading. Um, it's on Uber, and the number is 541-275-1131. And also, um, and that's at noon Pacific time, 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And um, I've got some pretty interesting guests coming up, so I'll, keep, I'll send you guys an announcement. If you want to be on my announcement list, just email me, TIAngel2016 at Gmail. And at this point, Kyle will be opening up his room, um, and his number is a talk shoe, just call the talk shoe number, and it's 142394. Again, Kyle's room number is 142394. And on that note, I'm going to end the call, and everyone be safe. God bless. Thank you, Ella. Bye-bye.